Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That's it? That's all you got, Mother Nature? What the hell was that, four inches? Come on, man. <laughs> I was expecting a foot. I was expecting to have to bury, unbury my car out of a blizzard. And instead, you know what I did? I got in my car. I drove it. I crushed that snow. And I drove in. You and nobody else, Evan. Week 18, <laughs> NFL season. The Saints and the Falcons. Saints are destroying them. Tyron Matthew intercepts a ball, gets caught on the one-yard line, goes down. Just kneel it. Jameis Winston turns around and hands it off. It scores a touchdown to run up the score. Arthur Smith gets pissed off. Yes. And you know what I said? You Go say? kiss Good. ass. Exactly. <laughs> Good for you. Stop being soft. Wow. The football's gotten soft. And now all y'all sitting at home, like working from home, virtually learning, doing whatever. You're soft. <laughs> Build that ass first. Exactly. Build that ass first. Bring your ass into the city. Wow. And do your job like me and Evan. I had wow. to get that out of the way. Sorry. Well, I do defend those that are using it as a convenient excuse. Like, I don't blame you. Like, the one thing that was very difficult leaving my kids this morning when snow days is that we played out in the snow for an hour and a half, and I felt bad leaving. But even in playing in the snow this morning, it felt underwhelming. It was a couple of inches. It was soft snow. The shoveling took me like five and a half minutes. But for those that are out there, be careful. Because I don't, you know, we don't want to make light of it. There is snow on the roads, so if you're driving, keep yourself at a normal, normal speed mm-hmm. and get where you have to go in a nice fashion. We will try to entertain you for the next four and a half hours. But here's my other prediction: before we get into the sports, that's the last snowstorm of the year. <laughs> that's the last time we're going to see any snow. You can write it down: February thirteenth, mm. two thousand twenty-four. We. Why do you believe that? Because this felt like a warm snow and Uh, not like a freezing cold snow? I'll tell you why. Because today, down in South Florida, today in Central Florida, today in Arizona, baseball players are having a catch with each other. And that means it's spring training. (laughs) Baseball season means no snow. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I got it. That's the way my brain works. Like, I'm a big winter guy, but once the spring comes, we're done. We got a lot to get to today. There's a brand new jet giant argument that's been going on in my household, and we will bring it to the radio waves coming up real soon. Some more final thoughts on the Super Bowl. But we need to discuss something that is a big, big problem. Today is February 13th. Yesterday, David Stearns met the media. Carlos Mendoza met the media today. Aaron Boone's meeting the media tomorrow. And like I said, Mets and Yankees are having catches on fields down in Florida. And that's really, really exciting. 
Spring training is here. Baseball's on its way back. And yet, as we sit here on February 13th, the reigning and defending National League Cy Young Award winner is still available. Cody Bellinger, who had a big offensive season last year, is still available. A postseason hero in Jordan Montgomery, who his agent Scott Boris has compared to a modern-day Andy Pettit, is still available. J.D. Martinez, who had a ton of home runs last year and is one of the better right-handed sluggers in all of baseball, is still available. Here's the truth about this sport, the sport that I love. And this impacts us as Met fans and Yankee fans. They have a system that is broken. Because on March 13th, which is exactly one month from today, Hmm. the NFL free agency starts. And you know what's going to happen on this radio station and all around water coolers all over the city (laughs) and all over the country? We'll be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that. And within five days, it will be over. It will be five days of hysteria, five days of the Jets added this, the Giants added that, this guy signed here, this guy signed that, and baseball doesn't have it. The baseball offseason had no hysteria, it had no excitement, and now as we're trying to get excited for the start of the year, you've got three to six really good free agents, mm-hmm. Dinky, that are still out there. Well, Tell me this sport isn't broken. Well, it, I don't know if the sport is broken. I think maybe the process for some of these players, because of their agent, mm-hmm. is broken. And I'm obviously talking about Scott Boris. Now, you mentioned Blake Snell. You mentioned Cody Bellinger. You mentioned Jordan Montgomery. I don't know if you mentioned Matt Chapman, but you should have because he's still out there as yes. well. good call. And you know what the common denominator is? All Scott Boris clients. Now, we've seen this before, right? With Bryce Harper back in 2019, it took forever for that deal to get done. Forever. It felt like, man, is Bryce Harper going to go this entire offseason and not be on a team next year? It ultimately panned out. He got what he wanted uh, from the Phillies. It was a positive. But you know who else is a Scott Boris client who did the same thing a couple years ago and ended up sitting out the season? Michael Conforto, Mm. this is not a Major League Baseball problem. This might be a big-time agent problem. This is Scott Boris telling Major League Baseball, my guy is worth this. I don't care what all your metrics say and all the detracting things, all the facts that Blake Snell had the worst, uh, one of the worst walk rates in baseball and that he's been inconsistent with his health. He only pitched 180 innings. Not like he threw for 230, right? So we know that he was great and he won the Cy Young, but there are some detracting distractors there. Yeah, Scott doesn't listen to it. He, he knows what his number is, and he's getting his number whether we like it or not. And so... Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery and Matt Chapman, they're still sitting. And they might be sitting for a minute because nobody's caving on that Okay, right so, now. so how the hell do you fix it then? Like, I get Scott Morris is a big problem, but can you at least admit, can everybody out there admit, and I had this conversation on social media about a half hour ago with diehard baseball fans as well, which is, this sucks. Like, let's just accept that initial part. This isn't good. Now, I agree with the problem you identified, but here's what we're going to do on the show today, at least for the first couple of minutes. We're going to solve this freaking problem because I'm a problem solver. You're a problem solver. Yes. Understanding that it's an issue is step one. Realizing it's not good for the sport is step one. Realizing who to blame is step two, and you've done that. We're then going to have to find the solution. But do you agree that sitting here on February 13th, with Met fans and Yankee fans trying to get excited for spring training and guys having mm-hmm. a catch in South Florida, that it's not ideal of that you've got a handful of big-time free agents that are still Without out Without a doubt. Now, the only way to, to do it is to finish that and solve it, in my mind, is to close free agency. But you can't do that. Yes, you can. How? I'll tell you right now. 
I'll tell you right now because that's part of the Evan Roberts plan. Would you like to hear the Evan Roberts plan? Let's hear it. So here's the Evan Roberts plan. See, Major League Baseball is a great sport, but they do everything wrong. They do everything wrong. And one of the things they're doing wrong that the NBA kicks its ass in, that the NFL kicks its ass in, is making the offseason must-watch, making the offseason undeniable. Like, I'm not joking. A month from today is March 13th. I could tell you what's happening on Evan and Tiki on March 13th. I could tell you what's happening on Boomer and Geo on March 13th with Big Mac, with the Midday Show, with Keith. We are all going to be glued and locked in to the pageantry of NFL free agency. So how do you force that to happen? I'm glad you asked, Tiki. (laughs) We pick a date. Let's say it's November 10th. We make that baseball day. Okay. And from November 10th until December 10th, You've got step one of free agency. You have to sign in that month. And we're going to encourage you to sign. Because, look, I'm a libertarian. You can't force people to do things. You have to encourage people to do things. You have to give them tax breaks to do things. Well, I was going to say, the only thing that's going to encourage owners or, I think, even players. You got it. Go, go, go. To to sign in that little window that you're creating is that the pool shrinks when when that window closes, well, right where the deal the deal terms become I don't know constrained in some way. That's the only way to do that. Well, here's what I would do: it's a tax free month. Uh. If you sign that contract uh. in a month, the big market teams don't have to worry about the luxury tax because that contract won't be a part of said luxury tax. Now, how does that help Scott Boris? How does that help the players? It helps the players because the Mets and the Yankees, the teams we give a rat's patoot about will be more likely to spend in that tax-free month. That's a good point. This, this $150 million deal or plus whatever it is that, that, that Blake Snell wants, he'll get because it's not going to be overly punitive well, you've, to whoever's CBT. You've got a better <laughs> chance to make that happen. See, I was having a nice chat on social media with at executive buying. At executive buying seems like a smart guy. He said, Evan, you can't force people to work for a salary they aren't comfortable with. There's not much you can do. You've got to encourage it. And what that yeah, you're does... you're not forcing them. You're just no, encouraging them. I'm not them. forcing anybody. Look, if Blake Snell and Scott Boris don't want to sign in the tax-free month of November 10th to December 10th, fine. Wait till our next window. And you know when the next window begins? It begins on February 1st. <laughs> so you give yourself a break during the offseason because, quite frankly, who wants to be checking social media on Christmas to see if Carlos Correa signed a contract? So you give your fans a break. You realize that's not your time of year. And you try to own a month. You try to make the baseball offseason exciting exciting in a month and you can't force anyone to sign so if people don't sign you open up that second window and that second window would be right around now because here's the problem we're sick of hearing about Blake Snell and Yankee fans trying to figure out hey we're gonna buy Blake Snell are we gonna be in on Blake Snell so you almost have to shut it down for a few months but the end result is excitement because that's what this is all about It's about the fact that baseball is a great sport, but in everything they do, it's broken. So you have to figure out a way to make it matter, to make it interesting, to not have us in the middle of February saying, well, we're we're excited for the season, but are we even done? Like David Stearns yesterday, I listened to his entire press conference and did a breakdown on the Rico. One of the things David Stearns made clear, I give him credit for, is he said, I can't say we're done. I can't say we're done. The offseason isn't over. And it may extend into March. He was mm-hmm. open and honest about that. Well, as a baseball fan, with spring training beginning and spring training games beginning in less than two weeks, 
How weird is that? <laughs> like, wait a second. The offseason isn't done? All right, who are you looking at still? So you're telling me the Mets really may add a bat. You're telling me the Yankees may really add a pitcher. And that's exciting, but it's also not ideal that we're sitting here in the middle of February and having that still be a thing. Yeah. We're not in contract hibernation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. They need to <laughs> fix this. Yeah, well, it's just, it, it makes it non-urgent. Remember yesterday we were talking about how getting the way that the overtime rules are in the playoffs for the NFL, it makes it non-urgent if you haven't already had your possession. You can just move at a leisurely pace. Right. That's what it feels like with Major League Baseball's free agency. You can just move at a leisurely pace. You make decisions, but they don't or you make you make non-decisions and they don't matter. Right? You can just keep kicking the can down the road. Keep kicking the can down the road. Even if you kind of know where you're going to end up. And I think, you know, I mentioned the Bryce Harper situation with the Phillies. It felt like that was going to happen. It was just a, just win. It wasn't if. It was it was win. Mm-hmm. But with Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger, it's who. It's not even – it's not win. It's who and, and what number. And there's so many questions around this particular free agent uh, class, at least he's top end. I mean, these are four of the top ten, right, that we're talking about are still sitting there. There's no reason – that a highly uh, successful, you know, group is still not signed right now, and the reason they're not is because there's no urgency so, on either side. There's no urgency yeah. on the Boris client side, and there's no urgency on the owners team side because they're saying, "Dude, this could this could hurt us. Like if I overpay this guy, it's gonna hurt, and he doesn't pan out, it's gonna hurt us." So I'm just going to wait until the number comes down. Yeah, you have to make it so that there's no reason to wait. And and so one thing you're hitting on, and here's the reality. I give you a little educated prediction, and a lot of it's based on some of the things you just said. Blake Snell's going to get paid. Like yeah. So for any Yankee fan, and this is certainly a part of it, there are Yankee fans out there, rightfully so, who say, hey, I still want Blake Snell. Not for eight years, though. No, not for eight years, but their thought is his market's going to come down. His price will come down, his years will come down, and we will sign him. Now, the Yankees may sign him because Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner have a change of heart, but they're not going to sign him because his market comes down. And the reason I know that is basically what you just said. The market doesn't come down. Despite Bryce Harper waiting, his market didn't come down. Manny Machado waiting, his market didn't come down. So you've got to find a way to make it so that there's a reason for players to want to sign earlier. And to give us, the fans, you know, the paying customers, the frenzy we deserve. Yeah, I don't know if it's the it's the players will be incentivized to sign earlier. Yes, they will. I, no, if there's I, no tax tiki, they no, have a chance I, to make more money. But I think it's that leans more heavily on the owners, right? The owners and the, and the teams and the capologists, they would more now look at, I really need to get this guy because this is the number that he's at and I can get him tax-free? I absolutely will, because we want him. Right, this number is about right, but if we can we can squeeze them for a little bit and let them wait for a little while, because we we know that there's only two or three other teams that are really competing with us at these ridiculously high numbers. Let me sign them now. Mm. There's no tax. If we wait, there's a tax. Right, and the number's not coming down. Right, right. We've established that. So I think more the owner side would say this would benefit us and help us get the guy we want and the, and the guy that our fans want. I think the owners are, are more have more to gain. If this, if your plan should ever come, why to wouldn't the players have to gain knowing that teams it's the same would be, number? No, but teams would be more willing to spend the number you're looking for. Think about it. You yeah, have so to it is, so it's win win. Yes. Well, that look, I understand that this is complicated. 
I understand that. Is it really? It's not complicated. It is complicated because it's very difficult to force two sides that have different interests to come to the common ground that benefits baseball fans. Look, we have had a terrible offseason in New York. Even the Juan Soto trade, like as exciting as it was, mm-hmm. think about the way it happened. Right, and think it's about, a one-year deal. It was dragged out. It wasn't even a free agent, so it wouldn't be impacted by this. Like, we don't get the frenzy that the NBA and the NFL gets. We don't get it. I'll never forget. I love Keith McPherson. He does a great job on this station. And after the lockout was settled, Keith was on the air saying, this is going to be awesome. We're going to get a free agent frenzy. This is great. And I was with him. I was like, yeah, me too, man. I'm so pumped up. And we never got it. Yeah. And I always keep thinking of Keith's voice saying the frenzy, the frenzy. And we never got it. And I'm like Keith. We're diehard baseball fans. We want the frenzy because the NBA has it. And I love the NBA. We want the frenzy because the NFL has it. Right. And we love it. We never get it in baseball. And here we are on February 13th, an arbitrary day, right? Spring training for the Yankees, who cares? Spring training for the Mets, who cares? They're just having a catch in Florida. I agree with you. There ain't nothing changing other than our mindset. But yet, as guys are reporting, and we're going to hear from Juan Soto as a Yankee in camp in the next couple of days, and we just heard from Carlos Mendoza today, Met fans and Yankee fans don't even know if their offseason's complete because (laughs) three of the top free agents haven't even signed. Right, and they're desired. (laughs) You know what I mean? And one has a history here, obviously, with Jordan Montgomery. Look, look, the World Series ended. I mean, how many how many months ago? Months ago. <laughs> and in free agency happened not too soon now, after. I want to make something very, very clear before Sean Morash talks. He's not here today, but it has nothing to do with the weather. So for anybody that's going to pick on him and say he's soft. And oh, he's he also def- soft. What? Yeah. I'm defending him he's right now. He's also soft. He is not here because him and his daughter oh. have a Valentine's Day dance tonight. Oh. Okay. So, Sean, oh, that's just, cute. I'm sorry I called you soft. Yeah, so. you're not soft, Tubby. No, no, my wife is soft. I could have come <laughs> and, and left early, but there was a big fight in the driveway this morning as I was explaining it wasn't that bad. But that's nonetheless. Here I am uh, to tell you guys, salary cap, guys, salary cap. Baseball needs the salary cap. That's why you get the frenzy in the other sports, uh, because there's only a certain amount of money that's each a good team point, can Sean. freaking spend. That's a good point. And we've been complaining about the floor and the cap for years in baseball, and you're seeing its most inherent flaw right now by having teams not have to spend to a certain threshold and not have them capped out at a certain threshold, we don't get the frenzy. That's why you get the five-day window in football. Yeah, but, yeah. That's why you get the window. We need it in baseball already. You, you, it's enough. I, yeah, Sean, I 100% agree with you. The reason it won't happen is because owners don't want us to know or the or the union or the players to know how much money they're making. They, yeah. they don't want us to know. No, you're you're so you're both right and I agree that that's inherently what allows the frenzy to happen in both sports. But I want to have a realistic conversation. And we may have ideas. Some may be creative. Mm -hmm. Some may be nuts. And some may not feel realistic to those in the audience. I'm telling you right now, the most unrealistic conversation we could have is the idea of baseball having a salary Well, nobody wants it. Because it's never going to happen. And nobody wants it. Well, the players would want it. No no chance the players would want it. I'm sorry. sorry, I apologize. The owners of small market teams would want it. Yes. I apologize for speaking backwards. Hold on. on. The players would want it as long as it's also associated with a floor. Not true. Not true. Because the, 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 Mm. the players are afraid of a floor leading to a top. That's the issue. Like, they'd love a floor in theory if they knew it wasn't going to lead to a top. A salary cap is never going to happen in baseball. Would it be better for the game? Sure. Would it be better even for all teams involved? It's never going to happen. So what you've got to do is artificially make the offseason matter. 
And it's something the NFL and the NBA don't have to worry about. Because you're right, Sean. Like, I agree with your overall point. The cap is why it works that way. But like I say with government, I don't want government to force me to do something. I want government to encourage me to do something. Incentivize me to do something. Incentivize me to build a stadium here or to build my my processing plan or whatever the heck it is. Incentivize me to do it here. And then you will. And they will. It's obvious. And Major League Baseball doesn't have those same guardrails is the wrong word, but you don't, you get what I'm getting at. There's there's nothing that's driving you towards cooperation when it comes to free agency in Major League Baseball. It's just, it's a free-for-all. And sometimes that works great for players. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works great for owners. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just, there's no predictability in it. And most importantly, there's no urgency in it. And it's why we're sitting here two and a half months later, still waiting for for the top 10 players, free agents in baseball, to sign somewhere. How do you fix it? I have my idea. We'll hear Tiki's idea. We'll hear from you at 877-337-6666. Not only that, there's also a small positive to it. If you're a Yankee fan getting ready for spring training beginning tomorrow, you may not be done. So who do you want? Met fans. I know who you want. You need a stick. Any stick. We'll talk about that as well. 877-337-6666. And we have to have a very uncomfortable conversation about why Nick fans are dead wrong in blaming the officials for last night's loss. Mm. The other aspect that's frustrating of the... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broken MLB offseason in which four of the top ten free agents coming into the offseason are still available on February 13th is that the majority, not everybody, but the majority of Met fans... And the majority of Yankee fans still feel there's one more move to be made. And so having some of these players sitting there like this really, really tasty dessert that smells so good and you are so hungry because you're not really fulfilled by dinner. Mm -hmm. Like dinner was okay. If you're a Yankee fan, dinner was pretty good. Like eating Juan Soto, not bad. Yeah. Little Marcus Stroman on the side. A little dessert. Little Alex Verdugo. I like it. It's not bad. Aperitif. But boy, that <laughs> smell of that other pitcher, man. Oh, <laughs> that completes your meal. For Met fans, our meal's kind of been very average, very cardboardy. You know, we know that it's not going to cause long term damage to our stomach, so yeah. that's good because they're all short term kind of things. But you feel unfulfilled by your meal, but boy, that JD Martinez dessert. He's just feeling you out. That's all. You got a new chef in the kitchen. <laughs> you, so he's just, he's like, I don't know what these guys really like. So I'm just going to give a little little morsel here, a little something there, give some leftovers. No, our same chef, old, same old. Maybe sh- I want to remake this big 
peat pie I got in here. Don't, maybe, don't bring maybe, him up. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll just throw that one away. Who knows? Uh, throw it away. <laughs> no, I think our chef, the Met chef, just wants to make sure we don't have indigestion in a couple of weeks and months. So he's like, I'm giving you meals that, you know, the short term. They, you know, they're not going to cause any long-term problems. That's what I think they're thinking. But that does make it tougher because Blake Snell, I'll start with him. He is the reigning and defending National League Cy Young Award winner. There are Yankee fans that view Blake Snell, and I totally get why, and say, that's the piece. Yeah. We've had a good offseason. This makes it a great offseason. So not only are you frustrated by the way this offseason hasn't moved and how broken this system is, but I think if you're a Yankee and Met fan, you see some of those pieces that are sitting there, and you're like, yeah. Mm. Mm. Are you really? Blake Snell, I look, I love I love the fact that he's got a second side young, Blake Snell. But there's, there's so many inconsistencies. There's something that I just feel is not trustworthy about him. I agree with you, but you know what's also not trustworthy? What's that? The Yankee rotation. True, true. But it's better to have what you have instead of bringing in something that you expect, because we did this last year, that you expect to be a game changer, and it ends up disappointing you. Right, Carlos Rodon is the perfect example. Now he looks fit, cut his mustache off, looks like a different person, still got the same energy. All he's got to do is be healthy, and you know it'll feel right again. But the last thing that I think Yankee fans want is another big signing with a little question mark there that turns into a massive question mark. Well, I don't think any of the available guys are sure things, but I think that the biggest concern the Yankees have going into spring training and the start of this season is their rotation. Is the rotation after Garrett Cole? Stroman had a terrible mm-hmm. second half. Nestor Cortez had a lost season. Carlos Radon was a disaster. Clark Schmidt still a young back of the rotation right. arm. So it's not that Blake Snell's perfect. It's not that Jordan Montgomery's perfect. But not for $150 million. A I get year. that. I'll, that right. That's what we've been waiting on for the last four months. Over however many years it is. And for the Mets, yeah. it's that one last bat. Hmm. But as of right now, we have had an offseason that's lasted, let's see, November, December, January, about four months, and we still haven't had the full frenzy. So how the hell do we fix it? Jack is in Wilton, Connecticut. What's up, Jack? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, man? Yo. Yo, you know, totally with you on everything you guys are saying. I'm, like, vibing along, driving the car. Like, yeah, this guy's got it down. And then we talked about that the owners would support the Evan plan (laughs) to have the tax-free window. <laughs> have you been paying attention to anything that the owners have done over the last 15 years? They would not support minor league, I, I agree. They would minor league teams. Yeah. You know, uh, they're proposing a salary cap for the front offices, man. Yeah. I mean, like they, they want the luxury tax more than they want anything else. They will not have any sort of window. Your plan can't work as much as I want it to my man. But well, here's the thing that, tax-free window is only of the guys you're signing in that window. Everyone else on your team, you you still have a pretty high payroll. Right. Like, how many guys would a big market team truly be able to add in that short period of time, not name the L.A. Dodgers? So I don't think it has the negative impact you're envisioning. And here's the other thing. you got to give something to get something. Because if you turn this into the TV event it can be, you can make money in other ways if you're Major League Baseball. Mm. They have not cashed in on what could be a great television event, which is turning the offseason into must-watch TV, and they haven't been able to do it. Yeah, no, it just becomes – it trickles out. I think the other other way, you know, to add on to what you're talking about is to make it later. Right? The thing about the NFL, Super Bowl happens. We get all excited about the Super Bowl. We talk about it for a couple of days. Some places will talk about it for a week. But then free agency is a month later. Mm. It, it's a month and a half, a month plus later. 
Whereas in baseball, it's like immediate. It's right away, yeah. And, it, and it's, because it's immediate, you're still kind of post-morteming your season, trying to figure out, are there changes in our front office? You know, what's our farm system look like? Let's 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 get our ducks in a row before we actually start making free agent moves. And the, I think a lot of these teams aren't ready to pull the trigger on somebody. So when do you want to start it? February first? No, 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 no <laughs> not even close. Start it, start it after Christmas. Seriously, <laughs> but it's not. It's still going to solve the issue. Like, but it's still going to have but agents and players waiting. I think the ultimate, you know, strength of your suggestion is that it compresses the time. That you can sign these top-end free agents, right? Right. It's it's a window that it's tax-free. But I think just compressing the entire time instead of having four months to figure this out, make it like two months, mm. right? So that there is an urgency. Without urgency, there isn't really a a reason to do anything. And I think that's where we're falling into in Major League Baseball. There's no there's no I have to have this guy because someone else is going to get him. And half the time, they're like, do we really need this guy? Well, and also the urgency of fixing this thing. What, what I worry about is that Major League Baseball and the Players Association wouldn't even agree with step one. And the first thing I said, step one of this, is identifying that there's a problem. Yeah. Identifying that this hurts our sport. And it does. It hurts the sport. Baseball, like, think about where we live and who we are in this city. It's New York City. We are the capital of baseball. We care more about that sport than any other city. And yet, this offseason... In this town, in a town where the Yankees got Juan Soto, in a town where we've bitched about the Mets not signing this guy or that guy, the baseball discussion has been minimal. Yeah. And you want to know why? Because Major League Baseball has a broken offseason. It ain't our fault. It's their fault. And if they're losing discussions in New York City, which is the capital of baseball, then Rob Manfred has to realize, and so do the Players Association, because the owner's problem is the player's problem. The sport's problem is the player's problem. Mm-hmm. I think you knew that as an NFL player. The Shield's problem was your problem. No doubt. Is realizing, okay, this isn't good. How do we fix it? And sometimes to fix things, ask those clown Democrat and Republicans when they have to come together and actually do a bipartisan bill. You know what every bipartisan bill has in common? You got to give up something, mm-hmm. and it makes you uncomfortable. You don't like it. Well, guess what? How else are you going to fix it? There's no other way. Let's go to Chris in Brooklyn. How are you, Chris? How's it going, guys? How's it going? What's up, Chris? Evan. Yeah, I, uh, I am a huge baseball fan, and it's like this offseason, like a lot of offseasons, has been boring and just stupid. Even as a Yankee fan, I just want to see guys sign somewhere. Right. And I've got my Cinco de Fievo on how to fix MLB free. Oh, well, hold on a second. We've got a Cinco de Criso at 237. Let's kick Number it off. Number five. First off, I am going to do that uh, TV special. I want a TV special after the season ranking the top 50 free agents. Mm, all right. A little TV special. That's Number 50 might, 50 four. might be a little steep, but okay. Okay. Good start. <laughs> Being on that list is number uh, is part of being number four. The guys on the top 50 free agents are guaranteed the average salary in baseball, so about $5 million a year minimum salary. And it, they have to sign by January 15th, or they're locked out till June. Whoa, till no, June? No, uh. no, more, no, more, no more sitting around with Scott Boris waiting <laughs> for a deal. you got to sign. Wow. Was that number four and number three, or was four. that just that that was number four? four. Okay. Number three. Number three, MLB teams have to submit a roster by January 15th, a preliminary roster. So the teams know who's out there, who's getting locked out, who's signed. 
Jeez. Mm. We're at January 5th. Who cares about the NFL playoffs? I know. <laughs> we'll be locked in on Number that. two. Number two? No no salary floor, but there will be a number that is that acts as a floor. And teams that want to sit there and don't spend money and don't invest in their fans and their product, you're not getting your luxury tax allotment. Oh, that so money. Okay. So it's gonna be it's gonna penalize you if you don't spend like the A's and the Pirates. If you wanna sit there and be under that floor. Don't expect money from the Yankees and Mets the following year. Yeah. Interesting. We ain't feeding you poor teams All anymore. Right. Now number, number one. one. Number one, I'm going to turn the MLB winter meetings into the MLB convention, a two-week event. You could do it right before Christmas. You could do it after New Year's. But I want to turn it into a two-week event. Basically, I'm locking everybody in the building. Everybody freaking signs. And then, you know what? At the end of it, we're going to have a celebration and do the Hall of Fame announcement at the convention. Yeah. Uh, you know what you've just done, Chris? You've successfully eliminated the football season. Uh, I no right, longer care right. about Week 17 anymore. <laughs> I'm done. The Jets are out of it anyway, Tiki. Right. Who cares? I mean, there were some there were some issues timing-wise because of football, but you can shift those a little bit. Guys, he, he just missed a little bit. The last nugget he missed there. What's that? It's got to be the bye week going in the Super Bowl. That's that week of the convention. Oh. You Instead of January yeah, you don't 15th. Need it. You don't need it for two weeks. Do it for no. a week and that week between the Super Bowl and the, and the championship game. Make that Thursday going into the bye week. That is the date, the drop-dead date. Everybody's got to be signed or locked out till June. And then Friday could be the Hall of Fame day with that big celebration. And I think he's got something. Chris is better than Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That doesn't take much there, Sean. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are better than Manfred. I like the thinking, though, and I like your thought of you have to realize who you are as a sport. And I thought the NBA sort of did this with the trade deadline. The trade deadline was set up perfectly. It was set mm-hmm. up during Super Bowl week when everybody's kind of sick and tired of the same crap being talked about, right. and you were able to own a day and own a couple of days. And if you're Major League Baseball, you have to take advantage of that. They don't own anything. That's the problem with baseball. They don't own anything. Not in the offseason. Not during the season, too. Like, literally, yeah, well, do they own the World Series? No. They don't own no, that. No, it's true. It's you know what they I own? Didn't, I didn't think... I didn't even think about it. There's one day they own. I'll give it to them. Opening day. Opening day is like a national holiday. Baseball's back. The um, weather's warm. People skip school. People skip work. Uh, I think they have all, that day. All-star game, too, right? Nah, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, not the game. Maybe the home run derby. He used to have some pop for younger kids, but... Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't watch the All Star game. This exactly. Year. So you can't tell me it's that. <laughs> no, it's not. Let's go to Andrew in Queens. How are you, Andrew? Fellas, how we doing? What's Good. up, Andrew? So I'm a big soccer guy, and I love when they have the two, you know, signing windows. They have the winter window. They yep. have the summer window. Yep. Um, and so my thinking with baseball, number one, it, it it's broken, yes, but I think the fact when you look at the guys that are so available, Scott Boris is holding a lot of these guys hostage yeah. from yes. signing. No but, doubt. But but with that said, though, my solution, it's pretty simple. And, you know, the Cinco de Five list, that, that, that there were some aggressive ideas there. But <laughs> very, mine is, very. Mine, mine, I think, is, is the most doable. And I think, I think it's both sides, the owners and players would agree to it. So I think you set a certain date. So let's say February 1st. You have from the end, the, the last out of the World Series until February 1st, where teams can sign any player for any kind of deal that they want. Um, you know, a player can sign for, for any kind of deal. Um, and there is no qualifying offer, no draft pick, no compensation attached to that signing. Now, after that February 1st date, 
from February 1st until the entire season because, again, you can't just lock out players. That's never going to happen right. in baseball. Let's be realistic. So from that February 1st date on for the rest of the season, now a player can only sign a three-year max deal, and there is uh, a there is qualifying draft pick compensation attached to them. That's the key. So, I like yeah. that idea, by the way, because part of the reason why, like, no one's talked about this, but I'll bring it up real quick, why the Mets would have no interest in Blake Snell is I don't want to give up the qualify. Yeah. I don't want to have to give up right, that draft right pick. If there's a period of time where you don't have to give up that draft pick, that does change philosophies. Yeah. What else? And, and, and that's the thing, where essentially, because people have to see this from both sides here. The players have to get something. The owners have to get something. You can't lock out both sides or else a deal will never happen. The players signed this deal. When, you know, they went through this whole crap, you know, a few years ago where they had problems with the ownership, they had problems with Major League Baseball and, and that they didn't want to do stuff for them and vice versa. Yeah. So I feel like this this plan right here is the easiest, most direct route that you can get both sides to agree to. Yeah. And at that point, you have a deadline in the middle of, you know, the offseason that people can get excited All about. Right. You watching Champions League today, Andrew? I am. I am. Unfortunately, my uh, Tottenham Hotspurs aren't playing this year, but I'm feeling pretty good about next year. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Look at that. Nice little soccer discussion. Yeah, we had to get a little there. something in there. What would I know it you do? don't know what the hell we're talking about, no, but it's you, all good. You were talking about guys kicking balls around. I get it. <laughs> I understand what's going on. What does a deadline do? Like, seriously. because I does It creates it, urgency. No, it, no, but it, it's not negative for either side, No, right? I don't think it is either. Because even if you're a player and you're like, oh, man, I have to sign by March 5th, well, eventually you would think if there's a market for you, a team's going to say, yeah. well, I got to pay you. Right. I want you and on it, our team. And it makes the, the, I think, the player now take more control over this process than it than it's exists right now. It's, it's Blake Snell going to Scott Boer saying, dude, Get this deal done. Right. Get it done. Otherwise, I'm going to be locked into a, a much shorter deal, which which puts me more at risk, especially if I'm 31 and had injury issues, right, like Blake Snell has had. So I, I there's so many ways to, finish, to fix this. The question is the conversation is never going to be had. Right? The, the parties that, that exist in this, the agent and the player and the owner, they're fine just kind of letting it just seep around. The only way, only reason to do this would be for the fans, right? To make it more of a spectator sport in the offseason. And what does that turn but into? I don't think they care about that. Yeah, but they, they should. What does that turn into, Tiki? Doesn't that turn into something you can make money off of? Yes, but so? but, but the, how many baseball players are socially relevant? Very few. Very. I mean, even the stars. Don't t- tweet. They don't Instagram. They don't do any of this stuff. Right. Or if they do, we don't pay attention. Yes. I mean, maybe Yamamoto will change that a little bit. Who's that? A, I don't care. He's an attention whore, as you right. pointed out a couple months ago. F that guy. Right. But my point is, like, I don't know if they care. So, so all these points and all these suggestions are great, but I don't think the motivation no, is no. there. But that goes back to point one, which is that the players and the league – has to realize that there's money to be made. Mm. Like, when that dude called up and had his list of things, one of the best that Chris, one of the best things on his list is turning this into an event. Turning this into, like, the NFL, and I know the NFL is king. We'll get into how many people watched that Super Bowl the other day. It's obscene. But the NFL is the king of making things that are so irrelevant relevant. Mm -hmm. They take the combine. 
which is a bunch of guys in their underwear. Right. And they make it an event. Doing stuff that doesn't, I mean, it translates in their minds, but it's not really what makes you a good football player. Right. But Being they able make to run it, a 40 or a shuttle drill. They or make it an press. event. They make the schedule release an event. Baseball, on the other hand, releases their schedule in like the late August of the previous baseball season. <laughs> they are so clueless when it comes to things like that. Yeah. So it's realizing, hey, there's money to be made because I know the way the world works. It's all about money. There's money to be made. Here's how you take advantage of it. Yeah. Here's how you realize, wow, we can make our sport, which is still a great sport, which is still a sport people care about, even if less people care about it today than they did 25 years ago. Here's what we do to make it matter. Look, deadlines are the only things that get things done. That is the truth. So if you had a a deal in place that said, hey, everybody's got to sign by February 10th or November 10th or January 10th, whatever that date is, and if you don't sign, you can't play till May 1st or whatever the crazy rule is, I don't think that brings prices down. No. Because teams want Blake Snell. Like, keep that in mind. Like, I'll make you this prediction. Blake Snell's going to get a massive contract. It's not as if Blake Snell's going to have to go hat in hand and settle for some kind of short-term deal. That's not happening. It didn't happen with Manny Machado when he signed in the middle of February. It didn't happen when Bryce Harper signed on the first day of March. Like, guys end up getting paid. What Scott is doing will ultimately work. So what would a deadline do to bring that price down? I don't think it would do it anything negatively to bring the price down. I don't think it would bring it down. It would just make it more likely to get done. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we all it's want. It's also about marketing, too. Like, Mike Trout's been the best player of our generation. Nobody would recognize him if you walked down the street. The NFL's 12 months out of the year, like you said, Ev, because they make things important. Well, that's another the Mets are in London one. this year. Does anybody know? Does anybody care? I mean, other than but you we're worried the reads, I wouldn't know about it. I swear to you, I would not know about it. <laughs> the Eagles don't even have an opponent for that game on the Friday opening right. weekend, but we're all trying to figure out who they're going to play. The football wasn't always like this, but they created this 12-month. Baseball needs to get their act together and make this a 12-month out-of-the-year sport where we care about stuff. And that's the way it starts, by making this offseason matter. Because right now, spring training's about to start. And I'm not even kidding you. If you rank the free agents at the beginning of this offseason, four of the top ten free agents are still available. Half of the top free agents are still out there. All Scott Boris clients, by the way. Uh, Yes, yes, unfortunately. (laughs) Let's go to Rich in Staten Island. Hey, Rich. What's up, Rich? Guys, how are you? Good. How's it going? Good. So I have a few things to change about the MLB offseason. Uh, just bear with me while I go through my uh, long legal paper list here. <laughs> so first of all, I'd get rid of the draft pick compensation. Evan had to get a previous caller call about that. Yeah. Totally agree with that because I think it, these picks really mean a lot to teams like Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, those who don't spend money. Yep. So I think those picks really matter. I'd get rid of them. Two, I would change the date. I'd actually flip it around. I make arbitration and the tendering contracts period um, probably two weeks beginning at the end of November after the World Series, right? No one cares about it in February. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would change that. And then I also, the luxury tax, you know, the money, this is really radical, but I think it would at least, at least start a conversation. Instead of giving it to the teams that wait for it every single offseason, such as Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Oakland, so on and so forth, I'd make it like a little bit of a pool for players that signed earlier. So what I mean by that is... So what, they get more money? They Mm -hmm. get more money if they sign earlier? Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe like a two million bonus if you sign maybe the first day of free agency or something See, like that. That's uh, what. By, by the way, Rich, yeah. I'm glad you put that legal paper to use because that's mm. the only thing that's that moves one. money. Yeah, you get more money the earlier you sign, which was part of my idea, though executed differently. Which is, hey, I got to incentivize it. Yeah. So if it's tax free for owners. A, that encourages the big market teams, and then B, encourages the players because they have a better chance of getting more money because of the tax-freeness to it. So more money is the thing that moves this. Oh, of course. No matter what, everything in sports is is based on money. It's all money. That's it. Whether savings or more to be earned, period. Now, you said something earlier about, well, the Yankees are fine. The Yankees don't need to add a starting pitcher. No, 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 they do. But you don't they want Blake do. Snell. I don't want Blake Snell. So then who do you I, want? I, I don't want – I'd rather have Jordan Montgomery back. I, no, I'd agree because I think, right. A, the contract I, would be more reasonable and he's already proven he could pitch I here. Yankees, I would take either guy they, from the, the Yankees. Yankees have too many question marks right now. With the, Other than Garrett Cole, every other – and these other starters have a question mark, even if it's not a big one. I agree. And that's worrisome. The last thing you want to do is put another question mark. Well, but that question even, mark even – it's Even if it's – Nothing. In, in fairness, as much as I have been nervous about Blake's now, that question mark won the Cy Young last year. He did, but he also led the league in walks. I get that. I understand that. <laughs> he also and has I, control issues. I get that. He also said two healthy seasons in the last like five. Okay. So what are we talking about? No, now? no, we're talking about a risky signing. I yes. get that. And he's thirty-one years old, and he wants one hundred and fifty million dollars over whatever six years. And I, I, are the are the Yankees going to do that with no. another Scott Boris client? Waiting to get broke off, dude. I'll be honest with you. Off this season and Juan Soto. I don't think the Yankees are going to do anything else. I think they're done. Hmm. But I think that most Yankee fans going into spring training, if you ask them, Sean, I'll ask you, what's your biggest concern about the Yankees in 2024? Their bullpen. Really, more than Hmm. the rotation. It is. Look, here's the thing. I agree with everything Tiki said. There's a question mark on every single pitcher, except for Cole. Except for Cole. I've done a deep enough dive on every other contending team in the American League, and I really don't think that they have a worse rotation than anybody else going that they'll contend with in the American League. Everybody's got The Astros have a better rotation. The Astros have a better You know, not miles away, though, Ev. Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander. Again, I'm looking at Verlander's age. I'm not saying they have a bad rotation. I don't think it is light years better than the Yankees. That being said, the Yankee rotation's a problem. I also disagree slightly that I think that Blake Snell's only going to get six years just for holding out this long. I would take Blake Snell on a deal I think he's eventually going to get, which is more like a three-year deal, which I think is going to happen for him. This is, I, I'd be stunned about that. And the Dude, reason I, I, that's not what usually happens in I this know, market. But, but everybody you compared it to, right? Bryce, Har- uh, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. We all know those guys were mega stars, and it was different holding right. out this long. This should make every baseball fan feel better because I don't think there's a baseball fan of any team around who wanted to give Blake Snell six, seven okay, years. Okay, well, by, by the way, great. I've got major concerns about Blake Snell, mm-hmm. too, so I'm not even arguing with Tiki when you bring up his control and you bring up how erratic he's been. He's never thrown more than 165 innings or whatever it is. Yep. I'm with you on that. If Sean's right that he has to settle for a three-year deal from the Yankees, then it makes sense to pounce. Yeah. Because then overall, what's your real risk? There isn't. There's not a long-term risk. I mean, I again, I just think it's spiraling there. If he would have got a six-year deal, I think that team would have lined up already, barring an injury in spring training to somebody big. Yeah. I mean, the only reason it's, it's still sitting there, I think, is because of Scott Boris. More, yeah, of course. More of your calls coming up. Plus, Nick fans, there has been a an anger, a very, very big anger, and I get it, at the officials last night. And while they weren't perfect, there was something else that costs you the game that needs to be addressed. We get to it coming up. Toll-free number is 877-337-6666. A lot of football to get into as the show rolls on, including a brand-new Jet Giant debate coming out of the Super Bowl. But, Nick fans, we need to have a conversation. 
Now, Big Zoo is in the building, and Big Zoo is a diehard Nick fan, and he's also very big and intimidating. So I understand that what I may say, Tiki, could cause my mm-hmm. good friend Big Zoo to possibly tackle me. I don't know. Or maybe assault me. Or maybe boomer me and squeeze me very tightly and throw me into a wall. I have no idea. But what you have heard over the last, let's say, 17 hours is obvious from everybody. Oh, the Knicks got screwed. Oh, Jason Gobble's an idiot. Oh, this was terrible. It was a brutal call on Jalen Brunson. Obviously, you're right. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That was an atrocious final call. It was so bad that Ed Malloy didn't even wait to get ripped him and Jason Gobble, because Gobble made the call in the yeah. two-minute report. Last night he came out and said, hey, guys, after seeing the postseason review or the postgame review, we screwed up. Like, that happened after the game. So we all know that. So everybody bitching about it and whining about it, yeah, it's obvious. They right. messed up. There shouldn't have been a foul. Holiday shouldn't have gone to the line. It was a one-handed chalk. There was not enough contact to call that, especially in that moment on that shot. And from that standpoint, yes, it was terrible, and you should be upset. And yes, there was bad officiating throughout that game. The Sengun not travel, terrible call. The Brunson, they should have called a charge blocking foul call, terrible call. So I'm with you. But let's talk about why you really lost. You want to know why you really lost? You know why, Tiki? Please tell me. With one minute and 18 seconds to go in the second quarter of this game, this is the problem when you watch 48 minutes, you see everything. (laughs) With a minute 18 to go in the second quarter and the Knicks down by 13, Taj Gibson tried to take a charge against Jabari Smith. And Mike Breen and Wally right off the top said, hey, uh, I don't know, man. I think Taj took the charge. Tom should challenge this. And Tom Thibodeau did. Unfortunately, when you watch the replay closer, it does look like Taj moved a little bit, and so it was not overturned. In fact, Ed Malloy, when he announced the review, said it was clear and conclusive Mm -hmm. that a foul was called on Taj, and it should remain. Now, here are the rules in the NBA. Kind of sucks, but these are the rules, and I think Tom's aware of them, Tom Thibodeau. If you issue a challenge and you lose, you're done. Mm -hmm. You don't get any more. If you got it right, you'd be able to get a second. So Tom Thibodeau got it wrong. Again, down 13 with a minute 13 to go on a block or charge call with Taj Gibson. And because of that, the Knicks didn't have a challenge. (laughs) And because of that, you lost. Because if you had a challenge, you would have won it. It would have been overturned, and you would have gone to overtime. And who knows? Do you win? Probably. Probably? Yeah, I'd say you probably win the game. Yeah, sure, why not? Wasn't DiVincenzo down? It doesn't matter. You see Jalen with eight seconds to go tying the game up? Yeah, sure. See the Rockets blow that game 15 different times? I also saw him 0 for 6 to start the game. Okay, and he settled in and played well in the second half. I'm just just saying, it's not a guarantee that they win in overtime. I didn't say it was a guarantee. But at least they go to overtime. It goes to overtime. At least they have a chance not to go into the All-Star break 0-4. That's right. And the reason it happened is... Because your head coach, who made other mistakes in this game, we'll get to in a second, decided to use a challenge with a minute 18 to go in the second quarter of a 13-point game. And as a Hoops fan, what always pissed me off about that clown Steve Nash was when he would throw challenges in the second quarter. And it's (laughs) like, hey, Steve, Steve, it would have to be such a significant call to think it's worth it. To think it's worth it. Because you don't know if Ed Malloy is going to overturn it. 
So instead of everybody repeating the same crap, oh, woe is me, we got screwed, this sucks, the league is crooked, Tim Donahue, the world hates the Knicks, how about we call out the head coach, hi, I'm doing it, Mm -hmm. we'll call out the head coach for issuing a challenge with a minute 18 to go that in the whole grand scheme of the game didn't mean a damn thing. You lost this game because Tom Thibodeau had challenge dysfunction. Or He decided to use it way too early. Or you're very short. You're just very short. What do you mean you're very short? Healthy body. Well, that's a part of it. <laughs> and DiVincenzo goes down with a, what, a hamstring injury yeah. as well? You are really, really very short. Because there was one guy that could save you, at least match with Jalen Brunson in scoring, and that was Dante DiVincenzo. And now the Big Ragu is no longer healthy. First of all, thank you for calling him the Big Ragu. And I agree that was another issue from Tom Thibodeau's night, but that challenge <laughs> cost you the game. So, Nick fans on the other side, you guys want to agree Oh, Evan, that was a fine speech. Well done. Good angle. Bottom line is this. That was one of the worst calls in the history of calls. Even if Tom blew a challenge on something questionable earlier, how do they miss something like that? I'll tell you why. Because there is a conspiracy around the league. Tiki, Zoo, Sean, there is a conspiracy against the Knicks because the Knicks are just getting a little too good. The Knicks are back, as I've said before. They're getting a little too good. So now there's a little memo out to everybody. goes, keep the Knicks down, keep the Knicks down, keep the Knicks down. Evan, was that not the worst call in the history of the world. It challenge was. or not, you shouldn't have to need to challenge that play. It was so egregious. He's a long way away. Maybe he just saw it wrong. I, w- <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> what? To, <laughs> to be completely fair, that was a terrible call. The Sangoon non-call was a terrible call. I agree. These refs were horrific the whole night. Thank you. But this is what I'm going to say. The biggest issue that we have here is the fact that you know, you look at the NFL, right? We have challenges in the NFL, but yeah. guess what? We get under two minutes. The booth is yes. reviewing Amen. it. Amen. Yes. Why the heck is there nobody in Secaucus reviewing that, saying, "What the hell are you guys right. doing?" Crunch time should have. We shouldn't need a challenge. It's three right. sec. It's point three seconds. That should be a booth review. This well, is re- honestly that is the biggest thing okay. for me. Uh, that is ridiculous. Here's what I will say. In soccer, they call that VAR. The VAR. <laughs> here's what I will say to you. To quote Tommy Lugauer. I'm clapping for you because I agree with you. I mean, you're changing the subject, but yes, I agree with you. I think that there could be different well, ways. No, he's not. I mean, no, he's changing the subject. That's a, that's a rule the subject that doesn't because, exist, dude. Because what sorry, okay, but what you're talking about, yeah, it could be mitigated if they had booth reviews I, and crunch time, okay, like they do in the NFL. Two minute drill. It comes from upstairs. If that existed, and I agree with you, by the way, Big Zoo, I'm not arguing that we should have different rules in this association when it's the final two minutes of an NBA game. We have a two-minute report. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but those aren't the rules. Okay? No, they're not, but we, they should be. Okay, I agree with you. But in the world we live in where that doesn't exist, There's nothing you can do about it. You have to be – no, there is something you could do about it. You have to be more judicious with when you challenge calls. That's what it comes down to. Like, you could all think I'm a hater or finding a new reason to rip you. No, no. I have heard for hours, whether it's on social media or on the radio, bitching about the officials. I get it. They messed up. Like, I'm not arguing with you about that final call. Was it the worst call I've ever seen? Yeah, it's up there. If I'm making a top ten list of worst calls ever, it's really, really bad. But I know this. I'm a diehard fan, too. And if that was my team, while as angry as I'd be at Jimmy Gobble, I know that's not his name, but I like calling him that. He's a former pitcher. As mad as I'd be at Jimmy Gobble for making that atrocious call, as mad as I'd be at Ed Malloy for giving me that apology an hour later, 
I'd be annoyed at a guy who can impact it directly, and that's my head coach. You need, in this sport, to be very careful with when you challenge. And I'm sorry. With a minute 18 to go in the second quarter, down by 13, a Taj Gibson block or charge? Like, what are we doing? Hold on. Bill Belichick had a phrase, do your job. The refs did not do their job I know, but you're missing night. my point. I get it. They screwed uh, up. They, uh, they they cost you. What about Tom Thibodeau's job? Are we going to address that? Are you going to at least co-sign that, hey, maybe no, I'm not gonna he co-sign should be more it. careful with no, when I'm he not challenges? No, I'm get... not going to co-sign Why? the challenges. Because if the coach thinks it's challengeable, that's his job. He thought it was a challengeable play. He did that. He was wrong. Was it the co- risk worth a reward? If you, you you're using hindsight, this no, is the I'm problem not. with the way you're. Finished. No, I'm yes, not. you are because the fact that there was a controversial call at the end of the game, you can now use that challenge there and say, look, if they had a challenge, it wouldn't have mattered. Bottom line is, it was an awful call by the officials. So we got to get to the root of that problem. And there don't be apology. They could take that and stick it. I don't care about the damn apology an hour later. If Tom Thibodeau had challenged a call with four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter, that was a really impactful call in the game. We'd be having a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was he, a, it was a meaningless in your in your mind, a meaningless challenge. Do you think it was? A minute I mean, 18 ago, 13 point game blocker charge on Taj Gibson. What do you think? It wasn't it didn't seem as important as it was made to be. Well, guess what? It was pretty damn important because at the end of this game, o- Tom Thibodeau had nothing in his pocket. To, to Lugie's point, only because he they needed the challenge and they had lost it. That's yes. the only reason. Well, that, that's that, that, that's a big deal, I mean, look, dude. I, I'd have to look at the statistics. Like how many how many challenges does Tom Thibodeau typically? I have the uh, answer. Well, tell me. And this is the part that's so crazy. He does not challenge a lot. Yeah, he never challenges. Right. He never does right. it. So tell me why. See, you all can change the subject as much as you want. And you can keep going back to the same thing, which is the the officials are bad. We get it. They screwed up. The answer is easy. What's the answer? To your question, which you didn't even ask, but I know what you're going to say. Okay. Why would he challenge if he never challenges? Why? Because he's desperate right now. His team is beat up. They're not playing well against anybody. And he needed something That's to not the try moment. to change his moment. He doesn't know what the moment is or the momentum moment is. He doesn't know. Come He's on. just trying to use this as some catalyst oh. to get them back into it. Evan said they screwed up. No, screwing up is leaving the toilet seat up. They blew up the house. That's it. it was a oh massive screw up. I, we get it. It flooded the basement. We get yeah. it. Was that you yeah. saying that? Oh, I thought that was a drop. I was like, <laughs> where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the officials were bad last night. Like, I... I open with that. I tell you that. They were bad. I give you other calls that they were not good with. And I don't want to hear the free throw disparity because that's BS, right? That's not proof. Proof is individual calls. And I'm with you. There were a lot of bad calls last night. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing Big Zoo's point of, hey, we should probably change the system and have things automatically reviewed in the final two minutes. Like, dude, I'm with you on that. And by the way, here's the funny part about automatically reviewing stuff. They were. They were reviewing if there was time on the clock, <laughs> which which makes the rules even dumber. Right. We're going to see if there's time on the clock, but when we notice that there's an egregious call made, we're not going to change that. What a disgrace, bro. So I'm with you on that. Like, we're not arguing. What you guys aren't doing is you're not listening. That's the problem. You're not listening. You're only going back to your talking points that 98% of Nick fans have been repeating for the last 14 hours, which is, we got screwed, horrible officiating, this is bad, this sucks. Whether it's Tommy Lugauer or it's Kendrick Perkins or it's, I'm sure Gio said it this morning, but then again, I can't even. I, I didn't I'm even sure know. our dear friend Gio CP, the franchise, said it. Oh, CP did say it. Yes. CP was like, we got hosed. Of this course is we did. He's not wrong. Oh. 
Yeah, but you're missing the point. The league hates the Knicks. <laughs> oh, stop. Tiki, have I convinced you at least? Yeah, you have. Thank you. You made a good argument. Thank you very much. Now, the other problem, with Tom, points. The other problem with Tom Thibodeau, which you were alluding to, and you're going to enjoy this more because you brought this up a week ago, mm-hmm. is that when D, the big ragu got hurt <laughs> with five minutes to go, we're talking about Dante DiVincenzo, but yes. that's what we call him around here. When the big ragu got hurt with five minutes to go and he injured his hamstring, do you know how many minutes he had already played in that game? 41. 41 minutes. There were five minutes to go in the game. Mm-hmm. So and he the, wasn't coming off the court. No. So, so the big ragu He's a finisher. would have played 45 to 46 minutes. And then, oh, by the way, if the officials don't blow the game, the big ragu is playing overtime. Yep. We're talking about a potential 50-minute performance. And your point you made a week ago was, hey, look, he's got to kind of take the foot off the gas with some right. of these minutes. Right. And I don't know. You tell me you're the athlete. Right. Can playing too many minutes cause a hamstring issue? Of, of course. Well, then we have a problem. The hamstring issues are fatigue issues, man. It's, it's, it's wear issues. It's you, you, you just Your muscle starts to break down a little bit. You need to rest. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So we have a problem. We do have a problem. And look, the... The Jalen Brunson ankle injury that we got all up in arms about, which ultimately turned out to be not much, even though he did struggle to get back into this uh, to start this game. But eventually, he was fine, and I think he's going to be fine. But attrition issues, it's injuries happen when your body is just tired, mm. and you can't just we're going to grind, we're going to grind, we're going to grind, we're going to grind. We're going to get the All Star break, and then we're going to rest, and then we're going to get back, and we're going to grind, we're going to grind, we're going to grind. Like you just you can't you can't, athletes don't can't sustain that. And there's a reason that every other good team in in, in basketball, they they do rest days. Give you a day off. This game, you're going to play 25 minutes. You have a minute restriction because you had this lingering or whatever the heck our advanced statistics and our you know tracking devices have shown that you need. Use those things. Yeah. They're tools that are important. And so just to be old school and say, well, back in the day, they used to just go and grind and never took time off. That doesn't work anymore. Well, and I think the, the, the other issue is, and I think this is where Tom is falling victim, is that the big ragu is playing his ass off. Yeah, he is. Dog. Like, it is one of the most, believe it or not, with the Knicks, one of the most underreported aspects of oh, this no. team, especially over the last few weeks, is he's averaging like 30 a game right. over was, the last few weeks. And he was brought here to be like a sixth, seventh man. Right, but here's the problem, including last night. Four out of his last five games, he's played 40 or more minutes. Mm-hmm. And the one game he didn't was a game in which he played 39 and a half minutes. <laughs> so he's playing 40 minutes a night. And so I think Tib Thibodeau is intoxicated by the big ragu. Who would not be? But it's starting to become a problem. And when you look at him having that hamstring issue last night, it may be directly associated with the fact that four out of the last five games he's played 40-plus minutes. Yeah, but Ragu was only averaging about 25 minutes prior to that all season long. This exactly. Is only Thank you for proving my point. Yeah. No, how is that proving your point? Because You're stretching d- him out here because, now. Because, no, hold on. And Tiki, tell no, me if I'm wrong is, here. This isn't baseball, man. Him <laughs> doing that a lot over the last week and a half when he's usually a guy who plays 20 minutes a night yep. cannot be good for you, Career 24 and a half. That can't be good for you. Stretching him out. Like, all yeah. of a sudden, he's playing four out of five games, 40 minutes a night. Yeah, you stretching can, him out because we need him out there. I under, We get you need him. Yeah. He's been great. Like, I, I can't put this man over enough. Ragu's been awesome. But if, he's, if he plays 25 minutes a night throughout his NBA career, and now, over the last two weeks, he is playing 40 minutes a night, basically every other night, that can't be good for you health-wise. No, so what's the solution, guys? Play less. Well, 
Solution. Play less. He's one of their best players right now. So you're suggesting that they don't play their best player 40 minutes a night. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, Would you, you disagree with that? Take? No, 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 no. I, I'm saying don't play your best player 40 minutes a night because you can't do it for the entire season. But we're talking about five to eight games here. You got the all-star break coming up. Hopefully the reinforcements are coming back. Yeah, OG, the, Julius. Did you not just hear what I just said? He didn't listen at all. Right? Nick <laughs> fans don't listen sometimes. Oh, we're going to grind you to the all-star break. Then you're going to get a little bit of a rest. Three or four days. Don't, not, not do much. Just chill. And you're going to come back. You're going to grind you all the way down to the postseason. And then when you get there, you're going to be so worn out, you're going to crash. That's, that's what's happening. right? These guys break down. Athletes break down. And there's tools now. This is all I'm saying. There are tools and there are best practices that good teams in major league in uh in, in the NBA use to keep their stars healthy. And Tom Thibodeau is not doing that. Now, maybe it's by necessity because they're just not a deep team. There's not a lot of talent, but sometimes you gotta you have to see the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is if these guys are banged up or lingering with injuries as they come down the end of the stretch here this season, what are they doing? Well, and I'll give you an example that's close to the Nick fans' brain. Do you remember when you played the Pacers? Not the recent one, the one where you beat them yes. at the beginning of this homestand? Yes. Tyrese Halliburton was pretty damn good when he was on the floor, but he only played 21 minutes. Right. He was on Be- a restriction. Because he was on a minutes restriction because he's coming back from an injury, and the Pacers and Rick Carlisle are being very smart about it. Now, the big rugby is not coming off of an injury, right. but he is coming off of playing an allotment of minutes that he has never done. In the last 13 days, he's played seven games, and he's averaging 40 minutes a night. Do the math. Like, I argued with Tiki last it's week. it's hard we because were... he's, he's, he's so great. He, no, he's been great. And he's shooting 40% in his last 10. He's been amazing. And that's the damned if you do. No, no. Damned no, if you don't. But hold on, hold on. So when you and I were arguing a week and a half ago, and Tiki was on this side of like, dude, he's running his guys to the ground. And I was more on your side of, well, I don't know if he is. Like, you're still trying to win games, blah, blah, blah. What I saw last night was malpractice. I mean, if we're being honest, what I saw last night was me saying Tiki's right. And I think any Nick fan who, again, you want to be intellectually honest? You just want to scream at the clouds about the officials? Or do you want to have a real discussion? A real discussion is the way Big Ragu was treated last night in playing 40 minutes. 40 minutes. And there were five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's not healthy. He got hurt last night, and Tiki's right. I'm wrong. I own it. Tiki was right. His hamstring's going because he's playing an ungodly amount of minutes because, yes, he's great. Yes, he's intoxicating. Yes, you need him to win. You're in the regular season. If you want to claim you're back, if you want to claim you're relevant, if you want to claim you're good, start acting like teams that are like that. And don't push this guy to play 41 minutes until there's five minutes to go and his hamstring goes. I'll say this. Act like you've been there before. I don't think it should be black or white. I think Tom should be a little more flexible. I thought they let the most recent game against Indiana, Dante was out of gas. Jalen coming off the injury. He should have pulled both of them late. I will give you that. Oh, I will not give you last night, but I will give you the game on, what was it, Saturday against mm-hmm. Indiana. DiVincenzo was gassed. He was airballing it. Yeah. So in that spot where Indiana clearly was winning the game, Game, late yeah. in the game, there is a spot where coach could be like, you know what? Jalen off the injury. Dante's been great. He looks gassed. Let me call off the dogs. Let us go to Chris in Monmouth County, New Jersey. Chris is a very rational Nick fan. I think we agree like 70% of the time, right, Chris? What's up, Evan Tiki? Thank you for taking the call. As always, Evan, and even Tiki. Tiki, lately, you are, man, I'm telling you, you, you 
Susan and my friend. I love you to death. I'm always on your side here, but <laughs> I'm furious these last 20 minutes listening to you, Evan. What? Evan, you are so phony when it comes to this. If this was the Brooklyn Nets yeah. and the same situation, you wouldn't be talking to Jacques Vaughn. Yes, I would. Decision making. Yes, I would. No, you, yes, Evan, I would. No, you would. Yes, and I I'm going to tell you something about what Tommy had to say. He's wrong. About. Tommy's right. Tommy's <laughs> absolutely right. What? And I'm gonna and not because he put me through on the on the line. He's right because he's right. The Knicks are not viewed by the NBA as a team they want to excel far. I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I watch MSG. Oh, you're talking about the, the conspiracy. You're talking about the, the classy broadcast. The classiest broadcasters are Green and Clyde. Agreed. When that game is on ABC or ESPN, yeah. they it is so slanted towards the other team. Bingo. All the time. Oh, but Tommy. Bro, they I can't, can't wait to talk it. about the stars on the, on the radio. other team. 100%. Oh, Jokic. He's a, or the first game of the season, they talk about Anthony Davis is going to be the, one of the, the MVP status. They never talk about the Knicks. Oh and I'm going to tell you right now, Facts. I like the way this team is playing. And you know what? Let's go down with being 40 minutes a game. I get it. It's a little much. But we're going to be stronger in the playoffs. We're building towards something special. What you're forgetting is this, Evan. And Tiki. This is a different team than last year. We're a better team. We have better players. We're better focused. We're better equipped to handle the extra minutes. You never emphasize and the that. The big ragu isn't. Uh, he just I injured mean, his hamstring, dude. Oh, my God. He just I injured his hamstring. Per- we, are, we, are, we are in the pursuit of a championship this it's year. It's February might- 12th, dude. You're playing on a Monday night against the Rockets. And you've got a basketball player that is in his career average 25 minutes a night, and you're playing him 40 minutes again, and you're telling me about this is getting you ready for May? It's not getting you ready for May. That's not true. Now, the only, I mean, the only proof that can happen here is if in May, when the Knicks are pushing to the playoffs and in the playoffs, that these guys are re-healthy and they're like animals. Like they, they're, they're so hardened. They're calloused, as we like to say in football, because they've went, they've gone through the grind and they survived it. The challenge is, are they going to get there? Yeah. Right? And how much does this hurt them with Dante out and obviously Julius Randle's out? And, you know, they have, they have so many issues health-wise that if they fall down to, let's say, the sixth seed, the seventh seed from where they started like two weeks ago, that can't be good for you. It's time. It's time. Tom Thibodeau started coaching this team like an actual contender, and not worried about all of these games in February like this. And Evan, I think you missed the obvious point there. We've seen this in this town, whether the Nets count or not. Before, you know what Dante Divincenzo's about to fall guilty to? Joe Harris syndrome. A guy not used to playing that many minutes all year gets to Brooklyn four straight years, averaging over thirty minutes a game, shooting lights out, and completely worn down, and misses everything in the postseason when the team well, needed him. Yeah, you. Our last caller, Chris, and he's a good dude, but he's contradicting himself. Like The contradiction of we're good, we're ready, we're different can't be met with coaching games in February like it's Game 7 of the Finals. That's a contradiction. Mm-hmm. I agree you're good. Like We're not even arguing about that. What we're arguing about is that last night was malpractice. Like I think Tom Thibodeau's gotten a huge break by the local media over the last 24 hours. A huge break. 
Because, hey, if you don't want to buy the challenge debate and you don't want to get nuts about him issuing a challenge with a minute 18 to go in the second quarter and saying, hey, as bad as the officiating was, it would have been helpful to have that challenge in the second half. If you don't want to buy that and you just want to cry about the officials, okay. But you can't ignore the minutes. You can't ignore the latest injury and act like it's just bad luck because it's not. That was an indictment of this head coach. He needs to be more careful. And this conspiracy, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. <laughs> Carrie in Sayreville, how are you, Carrie? Uh, Evan, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm a little annoyed at you right now. See, the problem is, as Knicks fans, we're listening to you. We hear you. We hear all the hater things you say and every do day. do you agree? But, no, well, the problem is you're just used to all five Brooklyn Nets fans. So you're not used to our passion <laughs> that we have. So I get it. It's frustrating for you. And I do agree that Tom does run our guys to the ground. Like, okay, I so get wait, wait, hold on. So, Karen, the Karen. problem is... So, but despite taking the shots of the team I root for, which is fine, and thinking everything I'm saying is hating on you... We're not you talking agree, about the You agree with what I'm saying. Partially. The Thank problem you. is... Right. The problem is... Jalen Brunson, as an all-star that he is, isn't getting any call that any other all-star gets on any other team. I... So... We need to use every single aspect, every part of our team, every night. And I want these guys to play. No, no, but wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Carrie, 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 sitting every day. Carrie, yeah. I want okay. my guys to okay. play. Okay, but hold on, let's have a conversation. So. I agree with you about what you said about Jalen Brunson. I agree. And that's worthy of a discussion. I thought Melo uh, had the same fate when he was here, where he was not treated Mm -hmm. with the whistle like the star that he was. With that said, you also said we've got to play that way every night to win. And we don't want it to be like Durant in Brooklyn. Can't you not rest guys as casually as the Nets and other teams have, but also be smarter with minutes? Can't there be a middle ground? Because that's all I'm asking for. I'm not saying they need to be the Nets or any other team from the past. I'm saying your head coach needs to be smarter with the way he allots minutes because it's getting guys hurt. Am I wrong? Yeah, but not right. I mean, he should have used our minutes before these guys got hurt. Now we're kind of at like a cross, we're at a catch-22, everybody's hurt. So now he has no choice. No, he, he does have a choice. Players. No, no, but I disagree with you respectfully. He does have a choice. He, there's no gun to his head that says he needs to play Dante Vin- DiVincenzo 42 minutes. There's no gun. And when you say, well, who's he going to play? Yeah, I get it. Some mm-hmm. of the minutes on the court aren't going to be as good because he's not out there. But isn't the greater good worth it? The greater good is worth it. I would think so. I would think that getting to May, April and May, and being healthy, pushing a drive to try to get into the the three or two seed, as opposed to sitting three games above the Indiana Pacers in the win column where you are right now from the sixth seed, right? That that's not encouraging. They 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 play who they play Orlando tomorrow. They play Orlando tomorrow. They play Orlando tomorrow. Yeah, I I mean, let's who knows what's going to happen. It's a, it, they're retiring Shaq's jersey. Are they doing that tonight right. against the Thunder? Oh, they're doing it tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's tonight. So yeah. they're not going to have to deal with the Shaq enthusiastic crowd. But still, if they go to to Orlando and lose this game and go into the All-Star break losing four in a row and not feeling good about themselves and beat up, what, like, what is, what is the other side of the All-Star break look like? I think that's, that's why I have trouble with this because I don't think there was a plan for this. Well, I think the trouble I have is that Deuce McBride played five minutes last night. Yeah. He's not allowed to play 12 minutes. That's not allowed. Alec Burks played 16 minutes last night. He can't play 23 minutes. 
Like, there's a way to play other guys. Mm. We act like, oh, well, he's got to play him 46 minutes. Well, what other choice does he have? Like, I'm not arguing that the way he's playing, it's intoxicating to not want to play him more. And it kind of goes against or to what you're saying about winning games. Mm-hmm. Winning's nice. Winning's important. Having guys get hurt is worse. Having the ragu right. injure his hamstring the next, is worse the next than game, winning a game last night that you didn't even win more, anyway. The next game is more important. It's always that way. Just, lo- like, just like the next play is always more important. Yeah, but you have no proof that grinding these guys have led to any of these injuries. You're going to give me Dante, OG, had no, nothing no, you to do with Dante definitely Julius, did. definitely Dante, not. Dante hey, definitely did. I'm Tommy. No, no, I'm sorry. What did I call you? Tiki. Yeah. Tiki. No, because I'm about to mention Tiki. You know what my proof is? Mm-hmm. And I want you to show respect. Mm-hmm. Okay? Tiki Barber's a world-class athlete. Yes. We're going to have debates on this show, and we're going to yell at each other, but there are certain things where I even say, damn it, tough to argue him about this one because he knows. Tiki Barber was a running back in the NFL. Have and you I, heard that? And I used to get hamstring injuries. And you used to get why? hamstring issues. Was that? Because I ran too hard. Oh. Do you think that Tiki Barber has some authority on, hey, here's a basketball player. I know it's a different sport, but here's an athlete who's not used to playing as often as he's playing He's now playing this amount of time, and he injured his hamstring. This isn't me saying it's Tom Thibodeau. Here's the world-class athlete. So before Tiki explains it some more to you, I want you to say it to his face. <laughs> say it to the world-class athlete's face that you he's just he's making saying? crap up with you know no proof. what he's saying, Tommy? Yes. Respect my authority. Oh, Tiki, I respect you. I'm just saying I'm giving you Dante's injury. I'm just saying the rash of injuries I don't think is about grinding the players. We're Dante? talking about the ragu. We're not talking about OG. I don't know. Did right. we mention him? You're talking about the coach grinding the players, and that's why all these injuries are here. No, no, we're okay. talking no, no, you're specifically it to Dante because it supports your no, argument. No, 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 we're talking about no, last no. night. No, so we're talking about Dante, Thank but you. I can also include Jalen Brunson when he hurt his ankle. He was, uh, we, we talked about that game. We don't, they're down 20, right? Yes, they start to come back, and things get a little out, out of hand, but like he's fatigued. And when you're fatigued, certain things don't fire the same way, right? I, I know this because I used to get ART, which is a it's a, a it's a chiropractic term, active release technique, which your muscles get turned off. Like when you get when your muscles get so tired that they stop working, other things have to compensate. And when other things start to compensate, that muscle that's not used to carrying all that load, it injures itself. Right, it's and, and this is what happens when you play too much, when you when you're grinding too much, when you're on your feet too much. And I don't think Tom Thibodeau is taking that into account. I don't know what kind of metrics they have. I know in football they put a literal chip in your shoulder pads so that when you run around, if you get to a certain amount of miles or whatever metric they use, they sit you down like you get a day off from practice. Right? And in my era, I would have said, "Screw that, dude." You, Practice. Go practice, dude. Don't take a day off. But these guys, now it's 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 science, right? It's it's advanced science. And Tom Thibodeau doesn't care about it because he cares about winning more than he cares about protecting his guys. That's all I'm saying. And will they co-sign that? The players? Of course. Coach, we got you, man. We got you. But as I said a week and a half ago, sometimes you got to protect them from themselves because dogs like the Knicks have, and they got some really good players and dogs on that team they want to play they want to play sometimes you got to protect them from themselves that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying give them a day right hell give them a game where they play 25 minutes like like tyrese halliburton do something to protect them that's all i'm saying i'm a big fan of apologies you can do almost anything but if you apologize i'm good with you 
So, ladies and gentlemen, the dude who yesterday called me an idiot, Robbie <laughs> in East Brunswick, is on the line, and I've been told he wants to issue a public apology to uh. me for calling me an idiot. So, Robbie, the floor is yours. Hey, Evan, let me, first of all, let me apologize, because I was out of line. I'm not that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I was totally wrong for name-calling. I disagreed with what you said. I told you why, because I don't think it should be a coin flip to win or lose a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But I was wrong. So I'm a man, and, and I'm apologizing to you, because I don't want you to think of me that way, because I'm not like that. I, I was stupid, and and I was I couldn't believe what you were saying. I thought it was so outrageous. <laughs> so I, I need you to know that. And and I'm sorry because uh, you know I'm not a name caller. Well, Robbie, apology, can I? Robbie. I'd like to respond to yes. um, when don't, you don't called, be self-deprecating though. You're no, good. You're when, good. When you called me uh, that bad word, I was very hurt, and my response was to call you the same bad word. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for that. I shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. And so, do you want to have like an over-the-phone hug, like, uh, <laughs> like I'm hugging yeah. you right now? Okay. Here we go. Yeah, because like I go. said, you know. I, I, I was wrong for calling your name. We're allowed to disagree, and okay. we're all good with that. But I was out of line, totally out of line. Right. On the other hand, yeah. I do agree with Evan that the clock should count in overtime. Oh, that was Tiki. Yeah, that was me, but that was Tiki. Good. That's okay. Did you agree with Tiki? <laughs> right. Wait, so, so after, after you realized that I'm not an idiot, did you think to yourself, boy, Evan's point was right? Because my point yesterday was that Kyle Shanahan should have given up the ball first, and then if the Chiefs scored a touchdown – and they scored a touchdown, they should have gone for two in the win. Have you realized now, with 24 hours to think about it, that not only was I not wrong, but I was a genius? Go ahead. Mm. No, you know, you know, I don't agree with that. I think oh. you, if, I'm not going to give you the game if I don't score the two points. You have to beat me. And if Mahomes beats me, then so be it. He's a great quarterback. But he's not going to be 100% every year, every game. Beat me. I'm but not just, but just understand I'm this. I'm not going to flip a coin. For a win or a loss. I get you. Robbie, okay. first of all, thank you for calling. You're a great man, and I appreciate your apology, and I am sorry, too. We shouldn't have called each other idiots, and that's the mm. beauty of Sports Talk Radio. Yes. You can call each other names, and the next day you can call back and say, I shouldn't have done that. You do it differently by saying, your take is idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm serious. But my point to him was my take yesterday about, hey, if I'm the Niners and I win the coin toss with this new overtime rule, give them the ball. Even if they score a touchdown, great. Then I go score a touchdown. I go for two and win it. That idea was the plan Andy Reid had. Yeah. But so the one of the great coaches of our time thought that that was his best plan, and that's with Mahomes as his quarterback facing the it Niners. Just, it matters what you value. So what what do you value more? Do you value knowledge, meaning knowledge of what you have to do, or do you va value the extra possession. I'm not playing with for an extra possession, though, Teague, because but under think, my but, plan, if they score a touchdown, I'm going for the win after I score a touchdown for two. So it's one I, possession I, versus one but possession. I, but I just wonder how many people would do that. Like how Andy many Reed. how many coaches would do that? And Andy Reid obviously has nothing to lose. But if Kyle Shanahan was in the same spot, Kyle Shanahan, who blew the as a, as a coordinator with Atlanta, really it was Matt Ryan taking a sack or. Two sacks, really. One was a sack fumble, and then the one at the end of the game knocked them out of field goal range, which was followed by a hold, which put them in a punt position, and then they lost that game. It falls on Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, the Super Bowl 54, same thing, up by 10. 
they lose that game. Mm-hmm. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you have your chance for redemption. You you dis, you defer, so you give the ball to the Kansas City Chiefs. They go down and score a touchdown and kick the extra point, so they're up by seven. And you go down mm-hmm. and you score a touchdown. Are you really going for two if you're Kyle Shanahan? Are you really going to risk losing another Super Bowl because you had the wrong two-point conversion play or it just didn't work out? You didn't have to design well enough and you lose by a point in the Super Bowl? Like, Andy Reid can do that. Kyle Shanahan, I don't think, can do that. In Brian Dable's first game as an NFL head coach, that was his first game. That was his first game as NFL head coach. But he had no resume and and he still had the guts to do it. But you know why he did it? And I, and I know why I did it, because I do ask it? him. Why did he do it? He said, the first win is always the hardest. And so, the sooner you get it out of the way, the more, the, the more you don't have to well, worry about Well, you know what Andy Reid proved? The first Super Bowl is always the hardest, too. Yes, Just get that already, out of the way. But he already had it. I know, but Kyle needs his first. So why not do it with guts? Why not do it with a move that Andy Reid would do? And a here's Super Bowl what I, is so different uh, than a victory, man. And Evan, <laughs> Evan just tricked us into something. Why not do what Andy Reid would do? Andy Reid was Kyle Shanahan, Evan. He used to get killed for his clock yeah, management. All, all of it. And, same and, stuff. Same stuff. Okay. And you know what changed for Andy Reid? He got Patrick Mahomes, right. which is why Kyle Shanahan's getting killed. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. No matter what decision you make, it looks bad because on the other side is Patrick Mahomes awaiting in overtime. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that, though. Like, I well, think it, this is very similar to a caller saying, hey, Evan, if this was your team, your opinion would be that. We always love to make up scenarios, and hello, SNY, where, well, if this guy did this, we'd be saying that. We don't know that. If Kyle Shanahan had the cojones <laughs> to do what Andy Reid told his players he was going to do, which is, I'm going to give him the ball first. They score a touchdown, great. We score a touchdown, we're going for two. Why do we assume we would all be killing Kyle Shanahan? Oh, because of what be I said. If he didn't make it. I'm saying if he doesn't make yeah. it, we are crushing okay. Kyle Shanahan. I want to follow up both of you guys with this very important question. And I know it's different. You've already laid it out. Right. But I want to be honest with me. If the Giants were it's a regular season game. Could hold on. Okay, go ahead. Just, just I get it. It's, yeah. a re- it's not the Super Bowl. When they went for two in year one of Dayball and they failed oh, and they the lose the game, this is easy. what would going. we have said? Keep going. What would we have said the next what, day on Sports what, Talk Radio? What, what would you have said? What would Sean have said? If they had gone for two and failed? The Giants, in the, they did go for two. They succeeded. Game yes. one Dayball last year. And so let's say they, yeah, go they had gone for two and what they failed. What would we failed. have said? Yeah. We would have said, man, this guy is he's risky. I mean, they're not good enough to win that game, but look, he took a shot at it. Bingo. Right? Bingo. However. Yes. However. However. Go ahead. <laughs> I just told you why Brian Dable went for two on that Tennessee Titans game. Yeah. Because getting your first win is hard. That's a cliche, though. You know that. It is, but it's true. Guess what he also has other opportunities to do? Get his first one. Get his first win. How many times are you getting a chance to win the Super Bowl? But do you make decisions based on the repercussions, or do you make decisions because they're the right thing to do? Because the way you just laid it out, Tiki, with Andy Reid, with Brian Dable, and with Kyle Shanahan, was the decision is based on the way people are going to respond okay, to if it. If That's if not a way if, to make if decisions. If Andy Reid goes for two and doesn't and, and he misses it, yeah. and they lose the Super Bowl to the San Francisco 49ers, what's the legacy repercussion for Andy Reid? No, no, but you hold on. You're missing my point. I agree with you. Is that how you make decisions based on what your legacy is going to say? No, but he has nothing to lose there. He has a Super Bowl to lose. Yeah, but he also has the greatest quarterback, and he believes it's going to work. He believes that yeah, but that's Pat Mahomes the key, is going to figure out Tiki, a way. That's the key. If you believe it's going to work, why would you think about your legacy and what people on Sports Talk Radio are going to say? But everybody thinks that the play is going to Co- work. Coach it? Right. They all think it's going to work. So then do that. 
But I just think that, I think there's more at stake that you just can't. Yeah. You, you you're taking out the humanity. You're making it into a, a decision as opposed to the, the the human side of this, the risk tolerance side of being a head coach in the biggest game in the world. Is that what you're thinking that about? 120 though? plus million people yeah, but Tiki, are watching. You think and that, judging you all? Well, hold on, culture. You telling me because maybe you're right, and I, I'm I, I'm crazy for thinking this. You tell me coaches are making decisions based on the fact that 125 million no, people are watching. No, no, no. They're making decisions based on this is a chance to change my life. Right, you win a Super Bowl as a head coach; it changes your life. I get that forever, and this gives you the best chance to win. I, oh, but and, I don't know, I brought, man. I brought this up yesterday. Andy Reid saying he would do this if Kyle Shanahan won that toss and deferred, and Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes went right down the field, and they decided, you know what? We think that on the other side with Christian McCaffrey, they're going to go for two. We're going right. to go for two right now, and they get it. And then all that the Niners do is match, and the Chiefs get the ball back, and different, no one do is kick a field Different field. discussion. No, it's not different. No, no, no. we're I, killing Shanahan no, for giving Mahomes I, two possessions. I am skeptical. Right. No, no, I agree, I, I agree with you. I'm skeptical the Chiefs would have done that. I'm skeptical that when you score the opening drive touchdown in overtime, with the new rules that we have, you're going for two. And by the way, it's a great discussion on if it's worth it or not. It's a great football discussion. I don't think he would have done that. I think that he clearly laid out to his, to his players – we're doing this on the other side, not to set the tone in overtime. So it's a complete hypothetical what you're saying. I, yeah, have, no, op- I have no evidence that's the case. Well, I have evidence to the other side because his players have admitted that's what they were going to do. Somebody will ask him. Yeah, but I was going to say, even if his legacy would have took a hit, if that happened, knowing Christian McCaffrey is on the other side, we still would have crushed Reed and said, boy, you didn't think that you know by taking the ball first or whatever, you shouldn't have gone for two. That, maybe, by the way, all these different obstacles and, and chances tells us in the end that this overtime rule is probably the right rule because there's a million different ways you can go with it. There is a lot of debate with it, that's for sure. Or you just play another quarter. With that, <laughs> just play another quarter. Uh, you're not getting what you want, though, because the only way we ever change rules is when something egregious happens yeah. because of those rules. That did not happen in the Super Bowl. The rules really turned out I, to have very little I, effect. I, I thought about this last night because we had a caller yesterday just say, "Just play another quarter." Right. I was like, what, what, "What does that look like?" Like, so if the at the end of a game, the Kansas City Chiefs tie the game with a field goal. Let's say there's twenty. There were twenty something seconds left. Right. Maybe twenty. I can't remember. Whatever it was. So in, in my mind, I'm like, all right, you got 40 yards, 40 yards to get in the field goal range, mm-hmm. get to the 35-yard line, and you can try a field goal, right? Maybe even 35 yards with the leg of your young kicker, Jake Are you talking about the end of regulation that I'm the talking Niners could have done it? End of regulation. Gotcha. There's 20 seconds left. Now, if instead of the overtime rules. There was that, which, by the way, I looked it up, three seconds left. They had no time. Oh, so whatever it was. It wouldn't have worked in this but, case. But let's just say there are like 35 seconds yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so instead of instead of three, there's 35 seconds left. And you, tr- you try to go score as opposed to taking a knee and going to overtime. You try to go get that score. And when the quarter ends, you still are trying to get that score. Uh-huh. Right? Doesn't that make more sense than creating all of these rules, games tied mm-hmm. at the end of regulation, just keep playing in overtime. Yeah. Right? Doesn't that make more sense? Probably. Then flipping a coin, each team's guaranteed a possession. If it gets to the end of the, end of the quarter, then it yeah. just goes to the next quarter. And, like, it's convoluted. The I'm way not against what you're saying. I'm just saying that usually we don't get changes in sports, like we saw with 13 seconds and Josh Allen, yeah. or too many teams uh, winning with an opening field goal, yeah. as opposed to, like, when it was sudden death. 
The only way we get change is when people whine and complain about it. Right. And the truthfully, I don't think people are really whining and complaining no, about not. the overtime rules. They're, they're whining and complaining about Kyle Shanahan but, making a dumb but, decision. But we're not. But as I'm thinking about this, it's just play another quarter. No, so I let's you. say that the 49ers go down and they score a touchdown. Right. So now it's, you know, it's 26 to 19. Right. It's not like the game is over. No, you still get the ball. You still have the rest of the quarter. Right. Right? You still have 10 minutes. And even if the Chiefs the turn the ball over immediately, you still have the you rest of the quarter to get a stop and get quarter. the ball back. No, it I get makes you. more football. I don't think it's a terrible idea. It's just unfortunately <laughs> never going to happen. It is never going to happen. Right. But it is so simple. Yeah, I get you. Tim is in Roxbury. Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up? What's up, man? So, you guys are saying that Hardenstein's injury was because of minutes played, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the well, fact that he's played 40-plus minutes in four out of the last true. five games. Oh, I'm it's sorry. Not you, true. Said, you said Iheart. Oh, I'm Iheart. Iheart's injury is because he had a pre-existing Okay, okay. I missed that part. No, we Never mind we, on that one. We weren't even talking about Iheart. Someone else brought okay. that up. We were talking um, about with Dante Tibbs. Yeah. With, with Tibbs, you guys say he grinds his players into the ground. I'm talking specifically about Dante DiVincenzo last night. I think sometimes his reputation for grinding players into the ground is overblown, but what I saw last night was malpractice. Okay. Tibbs' teams, no matter how role players, stars, whoever he plays, yep. always get better as the season goes on. Yeah. So you could say, well, his cha- he hasn't won championships because he tries to win game 63. Yeah. His teams get better Every single year as the season goes on. I got you. 600%, yeah. 600% win percentage. And DiVincenzo playing 40 minutes for two weeks is not going to kill him. It just did. He just it, has a hamstring just, issue. Now, oh, come on. You could, pull a, you could pull a hamstring playing 10 minutes. Yeah, but do you uh, don't think that no, a guy hamstr- who would... Hamstrings are fatigue injuries, man. I know this because I had them all the time. I, 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 I understand. So, but, so, so, so Tim, here's, here's what we're talking about. I know what you're saying, and you're right. right? Tibbs' teams get better. Last year, they got better. But think about the conversation we were having at the the beginning of last NBA season. It was like, come on, Tibbs, shorten this rotation. Do we really need 10 guys playing every night, right? And eventually, over time, they did. And as a result... The, the the stars, the Jalen Brunsons and the Julius Randles, they weren't playing forty minutes or averaging forty two plus minutes at the at the end of the year because they didn't play forty two plus minutes at the beginning of the year. You, do you not remember that? Like you guys not no, remember but, at the beginning of last but, season how long the bench was, and then eventually it started tightening up. It's like man, these right, guys are right. Good. What everybody wanted, they right. wanted not, a nine man rotation, right? And it was and, like, and, and then it was like, man, these guys are really good, and they get and they win a they win a series in the playoffs, and it's like, okay, if it wasn't but, for the Heat. Who knows what would have happened, right? But that, that was well-managed. All I'm saying is this year, he's do, he's not doing that. Well, Brunson, Brunson has only played 35 minutes a, uh, a game for the season. That's nothing compared to other stars. That's nothing. No, but here's the problem, Tim. I agree with you. And this is why the Tom Thibodeau issue is so convoluted. You bringing up, hey, his teams get better in the second half. And they've certainly been the case with the Knicks over the few years he's been here. What does that prove? Jalen Brunson's 35 minutes a night, which is not, I don't think, top seven or eight in the league. What does that prove? What I'm bringing up and what Tiki's bringing up was specifically last night. See, sometimes we talk in generalities, and they don't prove a damn thing. Like, one thing that annoyed me about last night with the officiating is 33 to 13. Like, one of my friends texted me last night and said, ah, what a disgrace, 33 Mm -hmm. free throws versus 13 free throws. That doesn't prove anything. 
When the Nets played the Knicks, you guys got 18 free throws. My team had five. Did I ever come on the radio and cite the free throw disparity? I did not. Spoiler alert, by the way. Because you have to look individually at the calls. No, I agree. There were bad calls last night. But sometimes we go general. We go general. We go general in terms of minutes. We go general in terms of he grinds guys. No, no, no. Our discussion today is very specific. It is about one guy, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and that is the big ragu Dante DiVincenzo. And the fact that he's played 40 minutes a night for the last two weeks, the fact that he injured his hamstring last night, and the fact that a world-class athlete is saying to you into a microphone right now, hey, I've had hamstring issues, this kind of kind of push in minutes plays a role in that. So don't get distracted by everything else. Don't yeah, get the, distracted. Yeah. This issue matters. That's what happened. The bigger picture is the is the reputation, but that's not what we're specifically talking about. Now, you could pull that up when you talk about iHeart because he did have a pre-existing uh, Achilles injury. Now, who knows if the fact that they have no depth at center and you have Precious Achua as the only option right now. I guess there are, there are other options. He just has no faith in them, so he doesn't, doesn't play. Did that contribute to it? Probably. Dante DiVincenzo is not used to playing as many minutes as he's been playing. And here's the problem. And Lugie hit this. And Lugie's right. He's been amazing. It's it's like it's fun to watch the big ragu. He's been great. Because he he'll he's not afraid to take three point shots. He's not gonna make all of them. But you know what? The fact that he takes fifteen a game means you better go defend him. Because mm. there's a chance he's gonna make Thirty-five percent or forty-five percent of them. So you have to go defend them, which makes it better for everybody else. I get it; it's enticing to have him out there, but sometimes you got to protect him from himself, and that's what we saw. I looked at the only other game in Dante Divincenzo's career besides the last two weeks where he played forty-plus minutes. It was a double overtime game, and he took seven shots in the mm-hmm. entire game. Different world, different planet. We'll get that back. Was, that was Golden State. That was with Golden State. Yeah. Yes, it was. We'll get back to your calls in a second. Plus, coming out of the Super Bowl, there's been a hot and heavy debate amongst Jet and Giant fans that you may not have heard yet. Jet fans and Giant fans yelling at each other, arguing with each other. I have not had this discussion with the Giant fans I work with yet. It'll be interesting to see what side of this Giant Jet debate they come on. And it's all from the Super Bowl the other day. We'll get to that, plus more of your calls at 877-337-6666. We are live from the Town Fair Tire. Join us on Evan and Tiki this Friday, February 16th, and we celebrate one of the grandest champions to ever walk the streets of this city, Alex Rodriguez. As we look back on 20 years since the Yankees got the unfortunate news that third baseman Aaron Boone would be out for the 2004 season. A hero emerged from the darkness to give us a lifetime of memories. (laughs) No laughter! Sorry. A hero emerged from the darkness to give us a lifetime of memories, giggles, and champagne showers. Champagne, you nitwit, not champagne. And champagne showers. That hero, of course, is A-Rod. We will have surprise guests, flashbacks to the greatest moments, and, of course, add another number to the retired Jersey Wall in Monument Park as the number 13 will be raised to the Mike Francesa Studio Rafters (laughs) once and for all. A hero that wasn't selfish in playing shortstop, even though he was better than the team's current. What? He played third. No, no. Hold on. A hero that wasn't selfish in playing shortstop, even though he was better better than the team's current shortstop (laughs) at the time, gets remembered as he should, with positive vibes and a walk to remember. That's A-Rod Day this Friday on Evan and Tiki right here on WFAN from 2 to 6.30 p.m. And as always, free on the Odyssey app.
A little wordy by the promotions team. A little wordy. Yeah, a little wordy. It. But that is a raw day. That is my required reading. Of course, it's this Friday right here on the fan. I'm also preparing anti a rod day, which will occur the Why day are before. Why anti a rod day? Because we got to even it out. We got to be fair and balanced around here. <laughs> Why do we have to be even out? Come you on. didn't win the pickleball game. We're trying to get a rod on the show. A rod. A rod should come on. He's being honored. <laughs> I mean, me being anti-A-Rod the day before should have absolutely nothing to do with it. By he the may way, become the first player never to arrive at his own jersey retirement. <laughs> that could happen. I did a little research that I found fascinating but not surprising. Until this season, 2023-2024, and until the last, I'm not kidding, 13 days. Until the last 13 days. Where Dante DiVincenzo, we call him the Begragu, has played in five games in which he's played 40 minutes or more, mm-hmm. including last night where he got hurt and didn't play the final five minutes. Do you know how many total games in his NBA career he played more than 40 minutes before that, before the last 13 days? None. One. Ooh. One game. One game. That's a problem. That's not good. That's not healthy. And so while I differed with Tiki respectfully on Jalen's injury and OG's injuries and some of the other injuries the Knicks have suffered, a lot of it bad luck, I cannot differ with him. It would be intellectually dishonest to differ that the minutes that Big Ragu has played over the last few weeks has to clearly contribute to this hamstring issue. There's no doubt about it. When you look at his track record. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And he doesn't have a track record of, I'm, I'm assuming, I have to look, actually, of injury. He's not hurt a ton because in previous stops, he wasn't playing a ton. Right. He's had injuries in his career. I'd have to go through what each individual injury was. Like, he's never been 100% healthy, but nevertheless. I mean, nobody is, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not had an injury-riddled career. You know, last year with Golden State, he went out and played 72 games. But over the last two weeks, because of the other injuries, he's been asked to do an awful lot. And last night was a breaking point as he injured his hamstring. And obviously the other thing was the officials were awful down the stretch of the game. But Tom Thibodeau was unable to fix it because he had already used his challenge. And so that he was not able to save us from one of the worst calls in NBA history. We had to live with it because Tom had already used his challenge. Can I counter the uh, Dante thing real quick? Emmanuel quickly is playing 10 more minutes a game in Toronto. Is he hurt? So he's getting more. So guys get in other opportunities. They play more minutes. You'll see it around the league. Come so, on. no, no, you come on. 40 Frankly. minutes a night over seven days and 13 days. You can't act like that's not a big deal. I that's am... not more minutes. That's an obscene amount of minutes. For a guy who plays 23 minutes a night throughout his NBA career, that's obscene. I still think that you have to put your best guys out there. You have to win games and seating matters with the Knicks. And Dante being out there, being your second best scorer, he needs to play 40 right now. It is what it is. Let's go to Frankie in Brooklyn. How are you, Frankie? What's up, guys? All's good. Yo. All right, Lugie, I think, listen, I respect you and all, but I think you should stay out of this conversation because you have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> wow, okay. You have absolutely no idea. Like, if you think, if you think that these minutes and playing, okay, last night you didn't play eight guys. On the sheet it says minutes for eight guys. You played Six guys, maybe six and a half guys. That is outrageous. Right. Outrageous. And you're thinking that that iHeart didn't re-aggregate his Achilles because you make him come back. First of all, he's a backup center. Thanks for bringing that up, Frankie, because that's the other one I was remembering. I couldn't couldn't remember who got hurt from an attritious injury. And that was iHeart. Yes, it's iHeart. 
This guy's coming off of his track record. He's a backup center. Okay, did he play like an? He played like a great center when he started. Absolutely, of course. and he's a great piece to the Knicks. But you're gonna put him into the fire, okay? Playing thirties, high thirties, forty minutes, comes back from an Achilles injury. Then you wanna, then you wanna abuse him again. This coach, like Evan said, was a complete malpractice last night. You didn't need this game as much as he, as much as he gave it his all. I, Frankie, okay? Frankie, and, thank you very much for the call. I agree with you. And look, every game is not the same. Every situation isn't the same. One thing that's bothered me is it's gotten lazy sometimes to rip Tom Thibodeau for mm-hmm. minutes usages. We're talking specifically about last night and specifically the last couple of days. And yes, you want to win. Like, trust me, I sit there and I want to win every NBA game I watch as a fan. I respect that and get that. But you need to be smart. Last night was not smart, and I think Frankie used a good term, malpractice. Yeah. I mean, and it's happening It's seeming, seemingly every week now. Every week there's something else that happens. Yeah. And that's not a good thing for this Knicks team, which is feeling really good about itself. And Knicks fans, we're feeling really optimistic about the future, especially this year's immediate future, because the – East and really all of the NBA feels open. It feels available. Yeah. You want to talk malpractice? Here's malpractice. Taj Gibson almost dropped dead on the court several times because he's gasping for air. They don't have a lot of bodies here. No, that's not true. That's not true that Taj Gibson looks like he's going to pass out? No, no. Forget Taj Gibson. Okay, with all But we're talking about their bigs. No, no. We're we're not. He was talking about Dante DiVincenzo. No, he was talking about iHeart. And he was also talking about the fact that last night in that game, he's right. The minutes will say they played nine guys. They played seven guys. Mm-hmm. Dude, they only played six guys 20 minutes or more. So you want Toppin or one of these other guys to play uh, a couple minutes? Charlie Brown Jr., Jacob Toppin, yeah. Like, I get it. I'm not saying they're great. Yeah, Snoopy could play too while but he's at it. Lugie, they don't have a lot of options. That you do. No, you but- keep ignoring that. Is it worth it in the long haul? Is it worth it getting guys hurt in the long haul because you're playing them an obscene amount of minutes? Is that really worth it to you? Jalen Brunson's another example. He goes out with an ankle injury. We all pretty much agreed, hey, they really need to be smart with how they handle Jalen if he's going to come back before the break. Maybe not even let him play, right? What has he done in the two games back? How many minutes has he played? He had 40 last night, and he played what felt like the entire game against the Pacers. You okay with that? I told you at the end of the Indiana game, I was okay if they would have pulled Dante and Brunson in that game. Here's the... Here's where the problem, the disconnect is happening. If Tom Thibodeau goes up to Jalen Brunson and says, how you feeling, dude? You know what he's going to say? I feel great, coach. Of course. I'm good. I, wanna, I want to be the reason that we went, come back and win this game. So leave me in. But sometimes you got to protect your player from himself. That's, I've said it so many times over the last two weeks, and I'm saying it again. When the game feels like it's... It's almost pointless. Like, you're wasting the minutes. You're wasting the grind. You're wasting the the jumping, the change of directions, the ankle twists, the the the, the quad strains, the, the, the glute, you know, whatever, max out. Whatever it is, you're wasting it on minutes that don't matter. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And and Tom doesn't get that because he's all he, all he focuses on is winning. Like, win, 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 win. I'm going to put my... My team and my players in the best position to win at all times, but that's not good for the long haul, especially when guys aren't used to it or they're already physically compromised, like Jalen Hurts uh, was and like Dante DiVincenzo. Definitely, Brunson. I mean, uh, Brunson was, and, and Dante DiVincenzo certainly proved to be. 
Let's go to Jason in Waterbury, Connecticut. What's up, Jason? Hey, Jason. Yeah, what's up, guys? Why, why are you yeah, guys, guys all defending Tommy over guys, here? Guys, let me ask you a question, right? You know what, Evan? You talk about the NBA, what a great league it is today. Like Mike Francesa says, no, it's a second-class league. And let me tell you why. Because you're making my point for me. What's up? Why the NBA is a disgrace. Why? Because you can't ask guys to play 40 minutes. The legends of this game played all 82 games and played 40 minutes We're not talking about night, legends. We're talking okay? about Dante and DiVincenzo. you can't ask one guy to play five minutes not... extra, ten minutes extra. Jason, the Knicks Jason, need a win. Jason, They're undermanned. Jason. They got their two stars yeah, out. They need it. guys to play but more Jason, minutes. You can't it's do not that. the head coach's fault. <laughs> and then you're blaming the head coach for the, for, for some challenge last night. Yeah. You don't know, number one, you don't know the game's going to come down to that. The t- the no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You're right, I don't know the game's going to come down to that. But you know what I know, and this is the one thing that annoys me, when people say you wouldn't say this if this was your team. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Jason didn't do that, a previous caller did. You're full of crap. Because I know full well what I say about my coaches. When a bad call hurts my team and my coach doesn't have a challenge mm-hmm. left, you bet your ass I'm looking at the coach and saying, how come you didn't have a challenge? And so, no, I didn't know the game was going to come down to that play or that egregious of a call. But you know what I did know? I knew that with a minute 18 to go on a charge or block call with Taj Gibson down 13, I knew the game wasn't coming down to that. So let's put that away. Because I know full well that that was a worthless challenge that was made by Tom Thibodeau. That's number one. Number two. Don't turn this into a broader debate about the NBA and, oh, guys are soft now. They don't play as many minutes. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Dante DiVincenzo. That's who we're talking about. We're not talking about LeBron. We're not talking about KD. We're not talking about Luka. We're not talking about Jokic. We're talking about a role player who in his career has averaged 24 minutes a game. So if you want to have the broader discussion and yell at the sky about the NBA and how you don't like it, go on social media and go talk to other 65-year-olds who agree with you. But don't come here because we're having a very different discussion. And I welcome those who disagree, but we're not talking about stars being babies. We're talking about a role player who's played his ass off and Tom Thibodeau's treating him like a drug that he can't put down. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. So let's understand the discussion before we try to change the narrative. You're right. You're right over there. I am. And I just want to see the Knicks build a winning culture. I want them to grind out there every single night and put up Ws. It's not the Nuggets. They're not a team that's won a lot of championships. But don't you realize that that's not a formula to win a championship? That's all I'm asking. But I disagree. I really do. Because I've seen teams like the Pistons. I've seen teams that went on defense. That was was like an an error ago. But they don't have like three superstars. They have a lot of really good players and one star. So they have to do things differently. Otherwise, they're not going to win. That's my point. And that's what I want to see this team build. And I don't want to rest, guys. And look how great Dante's been. Now I'm going to take the friggin' air out of his uh, sales. It's not taking the air out yes, of him. Yes, it is. It's putting him on the bench Lugie, instead of on the floor Lugie, dropping 30. Loogie, play 31 minutes instead of 41 minutes. Like, what are we talking about mm. here? I've never brought up rest days. Now, Tiki's may have alluded to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing that up. I'm bringing up don't abuse him. Dude, the guy got abused last night. And what I love is that no one's talking about it because you're too busy yelling about bad officials thinking there's a conspiracy against you. We get it. The officials sucked last night. I'm with you.
But let's not miss the bigger point, which is your best play, well, one of your best players over the last few weeks, who's playing an obscene amount of minutes, got hurt. And he got hurt when his minute number was up to 41 minutes and there was still five minutes to go in the game. Like, literally. Yeah. Tick, this guy was going to play 47 minutes last night. No, he's probably going to play more than that because it was going to go to overtime. Yeah. If if we don't get a bad foul. Forget the bad foul. This is this is a bigger picture. I think I'm talking bigger picture. You're talking myopically, Tommy. That's that's the difference. No, here's the di- you're right, and here's the difference. You've lied to us for the last few weeks, Tom. Tom. Tommy. Loogie. Loogie. You know why you lied to us? Tell me. You lied to us when you said this is a championship contender. You lied to us when you said we're back. When you're back and you're a championship contender, you look at things the way Tiki looks at things, which is big picture. You don't treat a game in February against the Houston Rockets as if it's game seven of the finals. You lied to us. They aren't no, back and they're you. not a title no, contender. You. you don't view them no. that way. No, no treat I them do. that way. I do view them, treat that way. them that no, way. No, because I see what the Knicks are and what makes them special and what makes them different, and that's going out there and fighting every single minute of every single game and not taking minutes off and taking nights off. That's what makes this team fun. That's what makes this team special, and that's what we love as Nick fans about this team, and I'm not going to sacrifice that because a guy gets hurt here and there. I'm not going to do that. Sacrificing it is making sure you don't abuse a guy's minutes. That's all we're saying. Let's go to Anthony in Staten Island. Hey, Anthony. What's up, Anthony? I've been talking about this for three years. You've been talking to Tiki and BK yeah. or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, BT. <laughs> and I've been saying this for three years. This guy's got to go. He needs to be an assistant to a great coach. He is a great defensive guy. But he has got, look at the, I'm a Knicks fan since 1972. I, I'm laughing all week with this. We got a championship. Where does that come? This team's not a championship team. I love them. I love the way they play. This guy leaves these players in. They're up by 17 when Randall got hurt. Mm. Brunson, he destroyed Derrick Rose's career. Three years ago, what's his name, that they traded to Toronto. They're up down by 18 in Utah three years ago. Yeah. He keeps him in the game. He busts his ankle. The, the only this thing. This guy needs to go. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. No, he's he, not going anywhere. Well, that's the part where we got to right. stop short. So I don't, I, look, a year ago, maybe two years ago, I would have said that. And I turned on it, meaning I, I was wrong. Mm. He's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. It's just managing this side of it that he's not aware enough about. And it's going to come back to haunt him. It's already haunting him going into the All-Star break. Now, they come out of the All-Star break, maybe they are, they get somewhat healthy and it feels different, but I don't know when iHeart's going to be back. It's an Achilles injury. Yeah. Right? It, it, you don't you definitely don't want to rush that as Jet fans know. You we don't even know when they're going to update with Julius Randle. We have no idea. We have 2 weeks and we're going to reevaluate. It wasn't he's going to be back in 2 weeks. Two weeks, we're going to re- We have no idea. I, I do want to give a comparison to our last caller that maybe will bring everything together over the last 48 hours to understand criticism of Tom Thibodeau and understand the extreme of firing Tom Thibodeau. Yesterday on this show, I was very critical of Kyle Shanahan. I stand by everything I said. I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. And I think even you, Tiki, said, yeah, there are a few things you were right about with Kyle Shanahan. Right. And early on when we were arguing about this, you said, are you trying to say he's not a good head coach? Would you want him to coach the Jets? Of course I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't want him to coach the Jets. I'm not asking him for to be fired. I'm criticizing him for decisions he made and how unprepared his team was in the Super Bowl. There's things he should be doing better for a guy who's been coaching for as long as he has. He should know. Correct. And the same applies to Tom Thibodeau. 
Tom Thibodeau needs to do certain things better. And Tom Thibodeau and Kyle Shanahan actually have more in common than maybe you realize. (laughs) No one can dispute what Tom Thibodeau has accomplished in the regular season, whether it was in Chicago, whether it was the one successful year in Minnesota, or whether it's what he's doing here. Same with Kyle. Like, who the hell would dispute what Kyle Shanahan has accomplished as a head coach with the San Francisco 49ers? I'm not saying that. But in crunch time, Kyle Shanahan has now written a script of coming up small. Tom Thibodeau has a script of coming up small in the postseason. He also has a script now of grinding down players. Your former coach, Tom Coughlin, changed, and he won two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that Kyle Shanahan can't change and Tom Thibodeau can't change, but what I do know, just like you knew about Tom Coughlin, they better change. Right, because they're great coaches and they're wasting opportunity to be truly great by not changing. And I think Kyle Shanahan, he'll figure it out. He's not hes not a dummy, right? He may be stuck in his ways, get into the third quarter and not run the ball at all. He may be, he may be I don't know, too prideful, but he's not dumb. Tom Coughlin wasn't dumb. Obviously, he wasn't. Tom Thibodeau is not dumb. It's just understanding that the way that I feel I should be doing things is differently is different than the way that other teams know that they can win. And so it's best practices. Like, we, we steal. We've heard this forever in the NFL. It's a copycat league. One team does. The other team does. tries to do better. Tom Thibodeau needs to do that, especially as it comes to managing players because – Players are going to want to play. They just they just are. I don't blame the players for I, wanting to play. I can't, I can't fault players for saying, yeah, I want to play. No, I'm with you on that. But when it's at the it's the consequences, you're not available, then we have a problem. We have a disconnect for, from success. I don't know if you remember this, but yesterday on this show, a guy called in and he called me an idiot. Yes, he did. And then I very promptly responded and said, no, you're an idiot. And we never actually were able to have a discussion. Mm. Uh, I am a sucker for an apology. You know, I, I got triggered by something I shouldn't have been triggered by on Sunday night. We were all sitting there watching the Super Bowl. Obviously, legendary ratings. 123 million people were watching. And I got triggered by something that Lugie tweeted and many others tweeted. And even I tweeted. But mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it to, to, to show anger. It was more like, ah, that's typical. And that was when McCall Hardman scored the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> I even tweeted, ah, typical, it's McCall Hardman. I wasn't saying it. That's the beauty of like when you text somebody or when you uh, tweet something. No one knows your context of it or yeah. how you sound. So the way I sounded when I did it was, ah, typical McCall Hardman. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> ah, typical McCall Hardman. Had to be McCall Hardman. And for guys like Lugie and others, I got ha, 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 LOL Jets, McCall Hardman. <laughs> it was one last kick in the junk for Jet fans this season. Totally get it. So how did you mean it then? How did I mean it? Yeah. I meant it by, ah, typical, it's McCall Hardman. Like, I'm shrugging it off, but it wasn't causing me to go to sleep. Like, What, what do you mean? It's typical, it's McCall Hardman. Nah, it's like, just typical that a former Jet is the one catching the game-winning touchdown in the okay, Super Bowl in a okay. year in which we yeah, thought we were just, going to the that, Super Bowl. That's what I interpreted, but keep going. But I wasn't angry about it. It was more just, ah, typical. Yeah. Lugie says, quote, it's a kick in the balls. <laughs> and I'm like, not really. I wouldn't say it's a kick in the balls. And then I brought something up to a buddy of mine. I said, you know what a real kick in the balls was? What's that? Kadarius Toney (laughs) contributing to the Chiefs a year earlier. So I ask this to the Giant fans (laughs) I'm surrounded by, because I ended up getting into like a text fight with my friend over which was more pathetic, McCall Hardman 
and his five minutes as a Jet and then turning into the hero of yeah. the Super Bowl versus Kadarius Tony, a premium draft pick who you thought was going to be really good, going to Kansas City and playing a pivotal role in their Super Bowl win a year ago. So before we get to the irrational fans' opinions as the former Giant, the legendary Giant, yeah. which one's more pathetic? I think the Kadarius Tony is more. because wow. he's Because he's just a guy. Like, he's really just a guy. What do you mean? He's what do you mean a by jag. That? Just a guy. A jag? A jag. Just a guy. Who? Darius Tony? Right. He, he's going to be in the league for four or five more years. He's not going to be a star. He's just going to be a guy. So would that make it less pathetic then? No, because he caught the game when he passed, or the game go ahead pass. Yeah, he put them ahead, he then he had the kicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I, I don't think he's going to be anything special. Whereas McCall Hardman came to the Jets as he's a good player. Right. Right, the Giants just missed on Kadarius Tony. They drafted him. It wasn't like he came as a free agent. Highly sought. He he wasn't you know this high priced you know whatever. The Jets thought that Nicole Harbin was going to be somebody here. Yeah, but I'm confused now. So whose fan base should be more bothered by what happened? The Giants. Because but your answer is telling me the opposite. I, I think Nicole <laughs> Harbin can be is a good player. So shouldn't that bother me more? No, because he, he just wasn't going to fit here. Okay, but he's a good player. I'm talking about a like a very below average guy. I got who's you. a pain in the ass. I thought you were mocking me, but now no, I'm on, no, you're no. on my side. Okay, no, right. yes, I'm talking. I'm talking yeah. about Kadarius Tony, a yeah. very bad, uh, not bad, because he's actually a good athlete, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be a great player, and he's a pain in the ass because he can't get out of his own way. When like helping the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, yeah, more pathetic. It's just like, oh, God. So I should be saying to Loogie and to Sean, as the diehard Giant fans that they are, what I should be saying to them is, "Ha, what a kick in the balls!" Yeah. LOL, Giants. At least McCole Hardman is a good player and yeah. is going to continue no. to be one. Yeah. Oh, oh, Devin, Evan, 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 trying to stoke the flames here. Bottom line, <laughs> I'm not stoking any flame. I'm, I mean, this was a real argument I had with a buddy of mine. This is a good Marlon bait trick because you're getting me to take the bait here. Personally, <laughs> what's the bait? I will tell you this: if we were not on the air here with Evan and Tiki, my honest, truthful answer would be neither's a kick in the balls at all. Neither, and that includes McCall Harmon. But for the sake of the argument, I'm just going to tell you this: Kadarius Tony actually is in no way, shape, or form a kick in the balls. Because they beat the freaking Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I don't <laughs> care if point. it was a receiving core of Tony, Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr., and the, sh- the ghost of Victor Cruz that did it. That, to me, trading a guy who was a bum for us to prevent our biggest rival from winning a Super Bowl is not a kick in the ball. Okay, but I want to cancel that out with, and you know this, I was rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been rooting for the Chiefs for sure. weeks and weeks and months mm-hmm. and months, and I've laid out my reasons for why. So we're both in the same boat as Giant and Jet fans, at least for me and you specifically, that we're happy with the result. But what you can't deny, and I respect that you're not LOLing the Jets, but you can't deny that people were LOLing the Jets when McCall Hardman scored the game on a touchdown. You know that, right? I totally agree. Okay. You know, a lot of that had to do with Doofus Face. I was the mentalist making McCall Hardman's story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he finished his story, yeah. too, by the way. No, no, he did not finish his story. The score was not right. Hardman uh, had the game winner. What would be more in a kick in the balls to me, Evan, would be the idea that Hardman became the odd man out, went back to Kansas City, won a Super Bowl, and you're stuck with the two other bums from Green Bay that Rodgers would never let out of the building. Okay, but here's why you guys were more LOL-worthy. I want you to hear me out on this. Okay. McCole Hardman, we never got to see in this offense. We mm-hmm. never got to see it. Yeah. We never got to see it because Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Yeah. Now, do I have issues with Nate Hackett and Robert Sala and the way they didn't use McCole Hardman while he was here? 
Absolutely. But I think the one conclusion we've all come to is that this thing was broken and nothing was fixing it. Aaron Rodgers was the key to all this. And we never got to see Aaron Rodgers with McCall Hardman. So when the Jets decided to move on from him, it was more like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like, it sucks. It didn't work. Whatever. It wasn't like good riddance. No, I, I, I don't <laughs> have any ill will towards him. It, it was, was just luck. It didn't work. Right. And put him in a good spot. It worked out for him. You guys, and this is what you cannot forget. You drafted young Joker. But not this regime. I, that's irrelevant. You're a giant fan. I know. Oh, but it is relevant. It is very no, relevant. No, it's not. Yeah, You're a giant he, because, fan. Because he was he was told he had to earn playing time. That's what every player for the New York Giants was told. You got to earn it, man. You're not going to be giving it to it. I don't care who you are. Right. And he just didn't. But, but so not, they moved on from him. I'm not arguing that, but when Relatively you're a fan quickly. of a team, and in the 2021 draft, mm-hmm. you use a premium pick, a first-round pick on Kadarius Tony, and early on you thought, hey, maybe we have something with this kid. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe we have something with this guy. Good and athlete. you certainly thought that. Very injury-prone and uh, very I, much a pain in the butt. I get all that. I'm not even saying they were wrong to trade him, but you thought in 2021 maybe we got something with this guy. Obviously, in 2022, you ultimately make the decision to trade him, and it turned out to be a wise decision. You get a pick back, you turn it into Darren Waller, even though he was broken down this year. I'm not saying they made the wrong decision. I'm saying we signed a flyer as a free agent, and the quarterback was never healthy and didn't work. You guys used a premium pick on a guy, and he made a big impact in the Super Bowl. How dare you, LOL me? LOL you. No, now now I know. Now I am LOLing you. You, the Jets, the sister's ass, all of them. Tiki's right. We were all in lockstep that that was a bad regime and a bad regime selection. You know what would be the bigger kick in the balls? If Tony actually really worked out there, he became a truly number one wide receiver for Mahomes. He wasn't even active in this past Super Bowl. Yeah. What Hardman did for the Mahomes and the Chiefs is exactly what you thought you were actually getting. But we, so to me, that is more of a kick in but the balls. We never, LOL you. But we never got to see it. Like, McCall Harbin didn't fail with Aaron Rodgers. Which yeah, is why it's never, LOL. We never saw any of that from, from Kadarius Tony. You used a premium pick on him. Uh, okay. Like, but- here's the problem, and this is the hypocrisy that you all have. You've got different hypocritical LOL standards. You do. <laughs> when it comes to the Jets, you laugh at everything. Anything yeah. you can find to laugh at, let's laugh. I'm not when laughing at the Giants, Jets. I love it's Nate like, Hackett. oh, I understand why we made the decision. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Give me a break. No, You trade no. a premium pick no. who failed, past regime or not, to a guy who made a big impact in the Super Bowl. We got rid of a guy. We didn't, get, we didn't give him anything to get him. And our quarterback wasn't even healthy. Don't LOL me. Don't tell me kicking my balls when this was more LOL worthy and more kicking no, the balls I'm glad you. I'm glad you used the word standards, Evan, because the standard for the Jets this year was to win a Super Bowl. You didn't do that. That's why Hardman with the game. Rodgers didn't no, no. play. Last year, the Giants had a very nice season. So as a Giant fan, you're cool, you're calm, you're collected, you're content. So when Tony wins a championship beating the Eagles, we're good. Your team so, fell flat on the So you got to the division around that's what made it okay? Yes, exactly. They and were you got assaulted by the standards was not winning the Super Bowl. But that was an overachievement. Forget, Thank you. Forget what happened exactly. in the in the, against the Eagles. And Tony was, didn't fit. Right. He didn't fit. That's he it. Wasn't, we, I think you knew in training camp he wasn't going to make it. Who had game. higher hopes when you drafted Kadarius Tony at 20 or when the Jets signed Michael Harmon? I had zero hope for Kadarius Tony. Dude, they drafted him at 20, I understand that. But to me, it was a reach draft. It was a reach pick. Yeah. It was, oh, crap, what do we do? Kadarius Tony. That's good. That's fine. Went and you turned out to be right, by the way. Right. I, I had no expectation for yeah. that kid. And then when he turned to be at a pain in the butt and was never healthy, I really didn't have one. So mm-hmm. it was good riddance. I think the Giant – I think you're mis-seeing this because the Giant fan 
when Kadarius Tony left was like good riddance. Right, right, right. Who who cares? What and what was the Jet you? fans' response when they traded McCall Hardman? What was it? Were we I, were we crying I, in our soup? I actually, don't, what was it? I actually don't know. We didn't care because the guy had one catch for six yards and was never playing. <laughs> And it was never going to work. Like, it was supposed to work with Aaron. Well, wait, Aaron on, didn't I'm play. On, I'm on your side here. I'm just saying it's it's actually probably worse for the Giants. Thank you. Because Kadarius Tony is not a good player. Whereas <laughs> Nicole Hartman is a good player. Yeah. Now, Evan, you can't keep pulling the premium pick card and forget that the only reason they took him is because they added another first-round pick by trading back. Yes. The real LOL is that that first-round pick was Evan Neal. Yes, that, that's the real LOL for the Giants. Of course, but you're getting into the weeds on it. The point is, soon to be you guys, soon to be, you guys love to LOL the Jets. Like, people do. It's not just Giant fans. It's America. Like, everyone loves, even when it's not fitting well, Was that to a- just LOL the Jets. And by the way, Nick fans, you should relate to this, because people still pull that same crap on you. And I'll defend you on that. LOL Knicks. Hey, there's nothing to laugh about. I'm sorry, McCall Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown wasn't LOL-worthy. It was just like, eh, typical. He wasn't a first-round pick we had high hopes for. He was a guy that was supposed to work with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron got hurt. The season was a disaster. It is what it is. But you're Which always is why it's looking. LOL no, you're always looking for LOL Jets. Always. You're always Evan, trying to what, find it. Evan, do you like chocolate chip cookies? I actually do. do. Yes. Okay. Who doesn't? You know why we like them? Because they're easy to get. You know why we like LOL and the Jets? Because it's easy to do. Everything See, that works in our saying. favor. Mm-hmm. Jets, LOL Jets is chocolate chip cookies. They're delicious and so easily attainable. You see what I'm saying, Tiki? <laughs> Just never stops. And I'm, Evan I'm himself. Not, gotta be I'm an not LOL. LOLing you, Evan. Thank you. Evan himself said this past season was the worst season in the history of the Jets franchise. Yeah, I agree. So the last kick in the junk it was McCole though. Harmon. It wasn't. It wasn't a kick in the junk. It was just a... Ah, were you McCall happy, Hardman. Were you, were you happy for him? I was happy the Chiefs won. I'm rooting for them. Were you happy for McCall Hardman? I mean, look, are you asking me if I could write a script when I want McCall Hardman to catch the game-winning touchdown? Is that your question? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> You're lucky your owner one-upped him by doing something even dumber and it got the attention off that. It did distract us. We got all angry about something completely different. Oh, one other Jet thing. We'll get back to your calls. A lot of discussion about Tom Thibodeau today and the way he grinds down his players. And earlier in the show, we were talking about this broken baseball offseason, how spring training is starting. We have all mm. these free agents still available. The Jets, and I'm not mad about this. This isn't LOL Jets. It was more interesting, and it had me thinking. The Jets recently put out how many days there were until week one of the <laughs> NFL season. I saw this. And the conspiracies was this were... yesterday? This was... Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Or two days ago? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Because the Giants did one also. Or or actually, it was a giant page, a giant fan page. Right. And they used one of my... It was my Washington game against the Wellington Mara game because I had 206 yards in that game. Oh, so it was the 206 days to the to the start. I, think I got the, you. I think the Jets was the same day. So the Jets put out yesterday how many days there were until week one. And not only that, they included three pictures. And all of the pictures were from the Monday night game that the Jets played against the Bills to open up last season. And so the conspiracy is that if you count the amount of days yeah. to week one, it actually doesn't go to Sunday. It goes to Monday. Yeah, 206 days. Right. Like the Giants put out was Sunday. Yeah, the Giant number went to Sunday. The Jet number went to Monday. And it led to this speculation of, are the Jets telling us the rematch that we're opening up the season on Monday Night Football? how they know that? They I, can't know that. They have not even no. like, they haven't stuck that you, in the algorithm of the computer yet. You, you missed the obvious. They didn't stick in the algorithm. This is another LOL Jets. 
the dopes that did this <laughs> forgot to count that it was a leap year and there's an extra day in February. <laughs> uh, Stop it. Oh, By the way, he may be right about that. I think you're probably right. So. <laughs> I, I am not telling you I know what the Jets were doing, but I'll tell you what I was thinking as a fan. I thought about that. And I was like, do I want that? Do I do want, want a Monday night rematch with the Buffalo Bills? And the answer is a thousand percent yes. Mm. I, I am. <laughs> yeah, you guys could laugh all day. No, I, I'm serious because, and I know this didn't work out well. So I'm going to give a horrible example that's going to make you say, oh my God, LOL Evan. <laughs> I'll never forget 2008. At the end of the baseball season, the Mets were playing a three game series against the Marlins at Chase Stadium. And their situation for the playoff spot was very similar to a year earlier. Same opponent, very similar situation. And I remember saying to my dad, I wouldn't want it any other way. We have to right the wrong. We're playing the same team mm. in the same spot. We're closing Shea Stadium. Right. We have to right the wrong. The schedule makers gave us a blessing. But you won last year. Hold on a second. <laughs> no, <laughs> We won, but we lost. <laughs> True. Obviously, that situation in 08 did not work out well. Yeah. The, the same exact thing happened. They lost on Friday. They won mm. on Saturday. They lost on Sunday. It worked out the exact same way. It was eerily familiar in a terrible, terrible way. But I remember in that moment all those years ago, wanting the same story to right the wrong. And so I gave this thought, and I'm being dead serious about this, I want to right the wrong. Monday night last year, September 11th, 2023, was this very odd day, because you even said it, well, you won the game. Yes. We won the game, we lost the war. We won the game, I was excited, we lost Aaron Rodgers. That game and that moment is going to stick with all of us as Jet fans for the rest of our lives. Like, literally, that's the kind of sports moment it was. Okay? We got to right the wrong. So you want... Aaron Rodgers to come back and yes. slay the Buffalo Bills. Correct. And, I want the and same be healthy up. Yes. and lead start the this the march towards your second championship. Yes. That's what you want to have. Second championship. What happens if you lose the game? As long as, Aaron, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Uh, he drank too much okay. because the New York Jets quote suck. <laughs> I can't tell you how I'm going to feel after the game, win or loss. I'll be pissed if they lose. As long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy. I can't tell you what I'm going to do on that September night. What I'm telling you is when I saw that tweet (laughs) and we all started thinking, do we want this again? My answer unequivocally is yes. I want to right the wrong. I want the Jets on Monday Night Football to start the season. I want the same opponent. I want everything the same. You sound so much like a wrestling fan. I want to write the wrong. A wrestling fan? I want to write the wrong. I want to finish my story, Tiki. And if I don't get what I want, I'm going to cry about it on social media until a Hollywood actor decides to change the script. Cody Crybabies (laughs) hashtag. Hashtag shove it up your ass. (laughs) Tiki's all into wrestling now. I am because of The Rock. He brought me back. But you agree with me? Like, Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. I just think it's misguided. Big Zoo got to prove. Big Zoo's a big Jet fan. I saw you shaking your head. Yeah, bro. I mean, I got to be honest with you. That really sounds enticing to me. But at the same time, what? I just feel like what? I don't want to take that risk, bro. <laughs> what that I'm mean? not trying to take that risk, bro. I'm not trying to have one of these situations where we're sitting here again next year talking about how we need to find a new head coach. I mean, we're going to do that anyway within the next two or three seasons, but right. I don't want to do it because we went 5-12. and 12. Yeah, but what does playing on Monday night have to do with that? You think it's going to recreate the same negativity? I mean, listen, I'm all about the power of positivity and manifesting that positivity for myself and my teams, but at the same time, I've been kicked in the nads too many times. <laughs> okay. A man can't get up too many times. You know what I mean? Eventually, it takes right. its toll. The Jets killed Carl. <laughs> Jets going to kill Zoo and me and everybody else. I know. Let's go to Ozzy and Woodridge. Hey, Ozzy. Ozzy. Evan, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why is that? 
No, I just wanted to have oh. fun. Like, <laughs> like, well, like the other guy, yes. Let's and don't don't hold your breath for an apology because it ain't happening. <laughs> I understand. Hey, Ev, is your uh, is your father-in-law a Picasso with the snowblower? He did a great okay. job blowing the snow this morning. I did a very good job shoveling. Or at least I shoveled okay because when I left, it was still snowing, so I probably had to mm. finish the job, which is unfortunate. <laughs> well, you You're bad. You're terrible. <laughs> I had to come to work. What do you want me to do? Come on. You can shovel your own driveway? <laughs> no, I did. I shoveled uh, the stepway, but it was still snowing. So my point is, by the time I get back, the snow will have taken over, Yeah. which means uh, my father-in-law probably shoveled it yeah, again. got it. Yes. But he yeah. did a very good job with the snowblower. I advanced He's... the economy with my driveway. Two kids from up the street came down. They wanted 30 bucks. Look at that. Fancy economy. Ozzy will come to your house and do it for $27. (laughs) Do what? (laughs) Whatever. What's up, Ozzy? What's up, Ozzy? Uh, I'm just an independent football observer. Am I using that correctly? Yes, you are. Yes, you're an IFO. 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 So I've been called worse. When you think (laughs) about it as an LOL moment and the kick in the nads, to pay homage to Big Zoo, who just used that term. Mm-hmm. McCole Hardman did all the morning shows the next day, so on and so forth. And this is like only the Jets. You can't even make it up. The cherry on top of the disaster that was this year. He had a big, you know what, diamond encrusted jet <laughs> medallion. Yeah, but you know. Across his Hold neck, on, Ozzy. And his nickname is. Jets. Oh, you knew that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But that's why. It wasn't because of the Jets. He wasn't trolling the Jets. No, I get you. I don't think that's LOL worthy. See, that's the problem. Ozzy's the same way as an IFO. You're always looking for things to make fun of us for. Trust me, I'll call out things that's worthy of making fun for. I brought mm-hmm. up Woody Johnson yesterday in that lame tweet about bringing up how our uniforms are going to change mm-hmm. as the Super Bowl's ended. Yeah, can you wait a day? Wait a day. Wait a week. So, trust me, there's plenty to make fun of. I just don't think McCall Hardman catching the game-winning touchdown is one of them. Kendrickson, Suffer, New York. Hey, Kendrick. Hey, guys. Uh, before I make my point here, Evan, I have to address something uh, from the other day uh, that I really appreciate. And my wife asked after we heard it back, uh, did you ask me on a date the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did ask him on a date. No, I said, for those that missed it, that me and Kendrick, he's been a caller to the station for a very long time. And he's a diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. And the first time I met him was at a Nick playoff game mm-hmm. where the Knicks subsequently lost. So <clears throat> I thought to kind of bring back the anti-Nick juju, yeah. the next playoff game I go to, instead of taking a diehard fan like Zoo or Loogie or Al Cintron. And, and he's not taking me either. And Kendrick. certainly not Tiki because he leaves early. <laughs> I should take you. So I guess, yeah, technically I was asking you out again. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So I accept, but as I, uh, <laughs> as I told you earlier, I'm the king of awkward situations, so here's the uncomfortable truth to this story. That wasn't me. What do you mean that wasn't you? <laughs> I, I've i never gone to a Knicks playoff game as a Nets loyalist, Mr. Roberts. Kendrick, who uh, the hell did I meet that day? So, I have met you, I met Sean, I met uh, Lugie uh, a few months back at Reds. I threw a few dollars to a kid so he could throw some tomatoes at, at Mirage. Right. Uh, and I don't know what's going on here. If someone said Kendrick from Suffering at MSG, I mean, I'm a decent caller, but not worthy of an imposter. Um, wow. I think you got so, one, Kendrick. <laughs> and so I, I will say this is, this is awkward because now I don't know if you want to rescind the date or not. <laughs> but I mean, since, since you did offer it, 
the Knicks are zero and two, and I wanted to address the Thibodeau situation. Yes. Uh, you know, so uh, maybe <laughs> off air we could talk about this. Um, That's funny. That's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, Sean is giggling over there like a schoolgirl. Why, like, why didn't you like correct this, Lugie? Uh, one for show content, and two, I just didn't have the heart to. Evan, when it comes to non-sports stuff like this, he has a heart. Well, so who did I meet that day? I don't remember who you met, but I knew it wasn't Kendrick because I met Kendrick at the tailgate, and I remember running well, well, into on. a fella at the I, garden as I well. I get but that, but Kendrick. before you continue, Kendrick, because I do want to hear your point. Lugie was with me in the Chase Club, yeah. meeting a Net fan who called me many times. Yes, who was it? I don't remember who the hell it was, Evan. The guy didn't go, I'm Phil from Farmingdale. He probably just said, hey, Evan, blah, blah, blah. Now I feel bad. I'm sorry, Kendrick. Did you just make the assumption, Evan, that it was Kendrick from Suffolk? There's so few Brooklyn Net fans, Tiki. I guess I get confused. Oh. Oh. All right, I'll figure this out later. But, Kendrick, what's your point about Thibs? I apologize. It was Sean. Yeah, if you break it up with me, just do it off air, okay? <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. Um, so my thing with Thibs is earlier in the, in the football season, you know, Robert Sala was doing the – pitch count with Brees Hall. And I think the reality is coaches get blamed for not knowing the situation. And the reality is when Brees was hurt and we needed him to run a few extra times against Kansas City, Robert Sala coming back and saying, oh, he's on a pitch count. Like, dude, we need to win the game here. Two, three more runs won't kill us. With Thibodeau, with Dante, he's got to recognize that coming in third in the East or fifth in the East, it doesn't matter at this point. When you look at the standings, at this point, there's not a Golden State Warriors team. There's not a Chicago Bulls of the 90s mm-hmm. or the Spurs in the early 2000s. It's another whole season. And the winning teams, just like last year when you saw Miami, are the teams that get hot, but more importantly, the teams that get healthy. Yeah. And you have to ask, if going 0-3 before the break, because you rested guys, you had a built-in extended break for some of these guys, and instead you pushed them to the limits, and you're going to have the same result, 0-3. So um, for me... Thibs is just like what you said earlier, Kyle Shanahan. He's got to understand situations. And, uh, you know, as a Nets fan, uh, hopefully I'm in game one, but we'll talk another time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kendrick. I apologize. I apologize to the other person, whoever the hell I met that day. Yeah, I feel you, bad. You owe Kendrick just for embarrassing him. What about the other guy? How about the guy that I met that, that uh, day? Okay, that other guy currently is anonymous. <laughs> So he, we don't know who he is. Right. We don't know where he lives. Don't know where he's from. Don't even know his name right now. He's anonymous. <laughs> so we have no feelings for Mr. Anonymous. All right. We have feelings for Kendrick from suffering. <laughs> what you find so funny over there, Chuckles? Evan went on and on so confidently about that story the other day. It's so perfect that this guy's going, like, that wasn't me. By the way, I, just to defend, maybe, just maybe there's another Kendrick and Suffern who listens all the time. No. Uh, no. no. That's you don't not. Think it's possible no. two no. Kendricks no. live in Suffern? No. No. I, I literally screwed up the whole story. He about, compartmentalized it. Yeah, I, I guess I forgot who the other person was. I apologize. But by the way, very good point uh, that he made about Tom Thibodeau and the adjustments that he needs to make. Every game. And every situation is not created equal. There are going to be times on this show, whether it was Brees Hall against the Chiefs, whether it's Carlos Mendoza this year with a starting pitcher in the sixth inning with a pitch count of 97, or same thing with Aaron Boone and Garrett Cole. There are moments in which you say, hey, push him. That guy should pitch more. That guy should play more. That guy shouldn't sit today. And then there are others where you're like, whoa, hold the phone here. And last night in Houston was a hold-the-phone kind of moment. Sean's got his Cinco de Five-O list coming up, plus more of your calls at 877-337-6666. And we found out in the last few hours that the Super Bowl was the most watched event ever. 
except it's the second most watched thing ever behind the moon landing, <laughs> which got me thinking, what the hell could actually pass the Super Bowl as something we as Americans would all get together and watch? We'll try to figure it out coming up, plus more of your calls. I guess we've gotten past most of the snow, right? We got through it. Wasn't that? I mean, it was a storm. I don't want to minimize it. Many people couldn't get to work today. Many people were stuck at home. Many people didn't want to come to work today. Many people chose to be stuck at home. Wow. Being soft. <laughs> Look at you. I'm well, one kidding. guy be who's not people. soft is Sean Morash because he is not here today physically in the studio, not because of snow, but because he's a good dad. Right? He's doing a nice event with his daughter, so I don't want anyone especially Boomer, to accuse Sean Morash of being lazy or being afraid of the snow. All right? So I've done everything I can, Sean. I did you your favor. It's not about the snow. You're very, very tough. You're committed to the station. You're committed to the show. It had everything to do with the daddy-daughter dance that you're going to. And dinner, which I'm hoping is good. There you go. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. So don't make fun of him, Boomer. It'll hurt Shawnee's feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Boomer, so tough. Win a Super Bowl, pal. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. So speaking of softies, I'm here to give you the five best parts of a snow day for all those that experienced it today, right? Okay. Here, Here we go. Here we go. Number five. Hearing a parent look out the window and say the following words. It's really coming down out there. <laughs> That's the equivalent of someone saying the sky is blue, but we allow them to continue to say that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I said that about 14 different times this morning. <laughs> okay. You also talking. said, this is soft snow. <laughs> I'll be in. I did yeah. say that, yes. You actually called the snow as soft as the nets, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I did. Number four. Snow tubing. Oh, Yes. Yes. I didn't do that this morning. I took both of my boys out to play in the snow, mm-hmm. and I was about to go get the tube to go across the street where there's a little bit of a hill. And as I got to the garage, I couldn't find it. Uh-huh. I choked ah. under the pressure. So if this yeah. is our last snowstorm, they, no more they, snow tubing. Are they still alive, or are they punctured somewhere? What, the snow tubes? Yes. Oh, no, I got them. They're somewhere. Actually, yeah. they may be blown up. You're right. And, or blown I would, apart. Yeah. I would venture to guess today or like tonight is probably prime snow tubing time. The roads get cleared. You go to that near overpass or hill and you just start flying down. But that's a fun part. Oh, I'm with you, kid. man. I love it. I All love right. It. Here we go. Number three. It's hot chocolate. It, the best mm. way to drink hot chocolate is coming in after shoveling or playing in the snow. You know. What are you putting in your hot chocolate? A little whiskey? Well, I didn't <laughs> today vodka? because I had work. But <laughs> usually I like a little shot of Bailey's but in my you, hot chocolate. But you're at home. Yeah, right. but Tiki, I'm still a know? professional. <laughs> is that what you would do, Tiki? Like, if you were home today, would you have been, like, you know, a little tipsy on the air? No, definitely not. He's a professional. I'm a Ask professional. him off here. And if yeah. I was drunk, you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right about that, because I've hung out with you and you've drank, and I'm like, I can't even tell with him. <laughs> like, with certain people, there are tells. Like, I have tells, my wife has tells. I have not figured out your tells, that's for sure. He only has one move. All right, here we go. <laughs> Number two. A good old-fashioned snowball fight. Oh, oh, yeah. But when was the last time you actually did that? This morning. Yeah, me too. You did? Oh, yeah. No, I was I mean, at- like, like, not with your kids. I mean, like a real one. Well, what like adults a- actually do that? I'm just saying. Yeah, what do you got? Trying to hurt the other guy. Like, trying to, like, hit him in the face. Like, when was the last time you did that? Uh, I mean, that's high school, Tiki. I don't yeah. know that you can I think call I did your it buddies in college. Now. I think I did it in college. Oh, did you? Yeah. I think oh, we had a big snowstorm. But I think when, when it was just a massive one. Like, it was like the whole whatever. 
Maybe I'm crazy, but when Sean says snowball fight, I'm thinking of, like, just playing with my kids. I'm not thinking of, like, hey, I got a great idea, fellas. After the show, Central Park, snowball fight. We're talking elf, man. We're talking elf. (laughs) Tiki, you're missing a point. This is, like, not meant to be very harmful, but let's be real. A snowball fight is maybe the only clean way in society we still have to send your kids a message. You line up balls like Randy Johnson, and you fire them at him, (laughs) and you let them know it's time you start behaving. I loved it this morning. Uh, All right, here we go. Number one. And obviously, the best part of a snow day is simply laughing at people who slip and fall. Yeah, no, I do enjoy that. You're evil. No, he's right, though. Come on, man. Somebody bust their ass. By the way, it could be on TV, in the back of a TV report, or out the window, somebody walking a dog. When somebody busts their (laughs) ass on snow or ice, it is funnier than any single line of stand-up comic. you got to have boots. you got to have boots. And to further his point. Regardless of the look. No matter what it looks like. You see what I'm wearing? Look at my boots. Show them that. Explain this to the audience. (laughs) I'm wearing big-ass boots, though. Boots. And my favorite kind of boot is it's a zip-on boot. Have you seen this? Hold on. Let me take it off and I'll show you. What do you look, mean it's a, a zip-on boot? It's got no laces. I, look, I'm showing it to the SNY camera, oh, and I'll those, describe it to the audience. Oh, those are badass. Yeah, like you have a, a zipper, and it zips up. Dude, forget that. Look at the tread on the bottom yeah, of those things. I got some badass treads. <laughs> wow. No, I, I got great boots, smell. but before I got these boots, I slipped and fell, and this yeah. was probably... To prove Sean's point, I would say this was a few months ago. So it was early during the year. <laughs> this year? I slipped and fell in my driveway after I got home from work. But hear me out on this. So obviously when I trip and fall and I fall flat on my ass, right. I was in a little bit of pain, but I got up. No big deal. I go home and I check the ring camera. Ooh. And I'm like, honey, I fell. Was it bad? I couldn't stop laughing. It's great. <laughs> Even watching myself. And I had seen it. I had known it. I'm like, this is the funniest thing ever. Look at that poor schmuck falling on his ass. And it's it was me. Best. Yeah. It's the best. There you go, yeah. Sean. Thank I you. I love it. All right. That's single. As long as, they don't, today as, long as they don't hurt themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, honestly, even a broken tailbone's worth it. <laughs> it's called point. a coccyx. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Single to five every day, five o'clock. Real quick, before we get back to your calls, because I thought this was crazy. So the Super Bowl ratings come out. Mm-hmm. 123 million people are watching. Yeah. We, we speculated it would be bigger than than what was the previous record. No doubt. It was the highest rated Super Bowl ever in terms of millions of people watching. We're talking about the United States of America. 123 million people watched. There's about 300 million people in the United States of America. I think it's probably 320 or 320? or so now. Yeah. Okay, so still, by the way, less than half the population. Mm. So think about that yeah, for but a second. Think, but think about some of the population are children. Right? Well, well, they don't count. Well, 12 plus, come on. They don't have the ability or they're watching it collect. I don't know. It's just... They just <laughs> Can't or elderly or just don't give a crap. Well, that's my point. There are no as big as that audience was. You still had a half of America not watching this game. So I see the number. I see how the Super Bowl has just dominated TV ratings for the last you know hundred years. So I got down this rabbit hole of the most watched events in the history of the United States. Yeah, three hundred thirty-five point eight million. By okay, the way. so still less than half. Now, before we get to the moon landing, which I'll explain in a second. The most watched TV show, period, stop, not named football, is MASH, The Farewell. Mm. You how many million people watched that one? I'm going to say 80. 106 million people. Now, this was back in 1983. It was about five months before I was born. So, obviously, before your time as well. You don't remember MASH, the finale. Well, I remember watching the reruns, but I don't know. Not not in real time. Yes. Number two was Dallas, the Who Done It episode, which apparently was like, Who Shot JR? That was the whole big thing. That was the big campaign. Yeah. Again, 83 million people, 1980. 
cheers yeah, the but finale. How, but how many how many Americans were there in, in 1980? About 270, 260. You're asking the wrong question. How many channels were there in 1980? <laughs> far good, far that's less? A, that's a good point. Oh, no, no. He's right about yeah, that. Like, right. 1983, 1980, I mean, it was the, the cable, I think, had just come out, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have a lot of options. The Cheers one I remember. I was nine years old with yeah. the Cheers finale. Yeah, I remember And that, that was a TV event. Yeah, it was. And that was fourth at eighty million. The Winter Olympics with Nancy Kerrigan and that you know that what's her Tanya name? Harding. Tanya Harding. Why me? Why me? That was next. Roots Part Eight, seventy-six million people, nineteen seventy-seven, and the Seinfeld finale, seventy-six million people, nineteen ninety-eight. Okay, Super Bowl mm. destroys all of these events. Wow. The only other, I, and I shouldn't use the word event. Those are TV shows. The only other event. In the history of our country, and this includes presidential elections. Nestor Cortez. I looked into this. You know how many people watched the 2016 election, and this is off of every network? The 2016 election. I, I picked say, that one because I think that was the most popular one. Yeah, it was, it was divisive. It took away ratings from the NFL. Right. How many people do you think watched it? I'm going to say 75. Exactly. It was in that range. About yeah. 80 million people. Still far less than the Super Bowl. <laughs> half. That's the election. It's almost half less. That's the free world's on the line. Wow. So the only event... In American history, that had more eyeballs than that game on Sunday was the moon landing. Mm. Now, hear me out on this, because I don't know the answer. I'm asking a question. What event would have to happen (laughs) for us to get to the moon landing? I was going to say. Like, what would that event have to be in 2024-ish, in this time period with a million different channels, where even the most contested election in our lifetime still got dwarfed by the Super Bowl? It still got its ass kicked by a football game. Yeah. So you could take the politics and throw it out. Like, don't waste our time. Right. The politics uh, don't count. I'm sorry. It's gone. There's not one that even comes close. What would it be? Well, and I, by the way, I have an answer. I do too. Go ahead, Sean. I'll let you go. Or go no, ahead. let Tiki talk. Then you talk. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Because I don't have an idea. Okay. Mine, this is like morbid, so I'm not even naming it. It would take a very tragic public figure death, but then the televised funeral in prime time, not at like 11 a.m. And the only reason I say that mm. is the most watched thing in England was when the Queen of England died and they had her whole funeral. That was a thing. We're not going to stop what we're doing because some megastar, you know, if you put it on Thursday, eight o'clock, there's a funeral of somebody tragically dying. The only thing I think could come close. I don't think so. Huh. I think you're wrong. What no, do you and I don't want to speculate about anybody of who's course, out there that's now. That's why I didn't say that. That's all. I'm just something like that would have to happen. No, and I'll use more historical terms. Go Jack ahead. Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was our last president who was assassinated. It was a very long time ago. It was tragic. We all know about that. Did that get 180 million people watching? No. No. Now, was it was it at Thursday at 8 o'clock at prime time? No, it was in the middle of the day. But my point is, like, I, I, how about the funeral? Like, was it on TV and how many people watched it? By the way, I don't know the answer. I'm just right. saying, like, I don't know if that – I don't think that's the answer to the question. There's an answer, but it's going to make Tiki very uncomfortable. Go ahead. What? No, nah, it's going to make him – it's going to lead to something, and we don't want to talk about right. it. Right. I'll tell you. Aliens, you want me to tell you? aliens landing? thousand percent. Yeah. I was thinking the uh, same exact thing. First, first contact. And, yeah. No, Area 51. If they finally said, we're going to bring you to Area 51, we're going to show you everything. Mm-hmm. You can't give something that can't happen. You yes. <laughs> first of all, in 1957, if there was sports talk radio in 1957, <laughs> and after we're complaining about the Dodgers and Giants moving, we said, hey, what do you think would be the, the most popular event uh, in America? And if someone would have said to you, we're going to land on the moon, they would have thought you had 15 heads. Mm. Now, they know the moon exists, but no one would have predicted that even a decade earlier. 
So don't give me this. It can't well, happen. I think. Don't give me that. No, they would have predicted it because in the, in the late fifties, <laughs> they landed objects on the moon. But not us. Not a human. No. But not Neil was, Armstrong. But, but you got to remember, it was the Cold War, and so it was a Russian. It was like the good guys. And think about all the movies from back. No, then. I know. But did we think we were going to do it? Well, or were we did, skeptical? It, did, it didn't matter. But there was a there was a decade buildup of who was going to be the first like human on the moon. Okay. And so when it actually happened in July of 69, like, everybody was watching. Okay, I got one then. Let's say Chinese government comes out today and says, listen, we're setting a man on Mars. Man or a woman. Doesn't matter. We're going no, on Mars. It's not going to be the same. And now President Biden comes out and says, oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. you think you're a big shot. Okay, China. We're sending a man or woman on Mars. Have you and wa- now, Have you watched For All Mankind yet? Uh, not yet. You need to watch it. Two thousand. This, this exact scenario happened. Two thousand thirty-five, January seventeenth, eight thirty p.m. An American person lands on Mars. How many people are watching? Mm, not one hundred and fifty million. I don't even think fifty million. Well, no. I got one more. I got one more. It's gonna get outrated by the right. American Idol finale. No, you're right. Go ahead. All right, you ready? Go ahead. Kim Jong Un, Donald Trump. Speedo wearing Jello wrestling. Sunday night, six thirty. Loser goes home. Match. All right. Stop. I got the real winner here, guys. If we do want a winner, yeah, that would be the moment in time. Whenever this does happen, because it will happen, that we all are finally coming to an end. You know what I mean? It's either going to be the meteor coming to hit the mm. earth. It's either going to be the nuclear bomb that we can't stop. The city. It's going to be that, and we're all going to be glued to it because it's a car crash, no even way. though we know what the result's going to be. I disagree yeah. with it. I'll tell you why. If we find out, it's like the movie Don't Look Up. I don't know if you guys saw that movie yeah, about yeah. how basically they, they don't want to tell us a meteor's going to come and kill us. I think it was a meteor. Right. That yeah. was Leonardo, right? Yeah, I think yeah, he was Hill. Yeah, if, if that happened, most people are like, I'm not watching this. I'm going to go party. I I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go clubbing. <laughs> you lose half the audience right there. See, I think that people today are so, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Obsessed with themselves a little bit. Right. Mm. That they would want to sit in front of the TV, not actually grasping the idea that, oh, wow, this is it. They're going to be looking, oh, I got to watch this. I got to tweet about this. I, I got to do this. Well, I, I don't mean, know. Man. Who depends. would actually work on TV in that scenario, too? I'd be like, screw you. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the movie, that's kind of what Evan's saying is was what people would react to. They'd Thank be you. like, I don't believe this. I don't or th- I'd rather just go live, maximize the rest of my life that I have left. Right. That's why, like, it, it's, it's such a weird game to think about. But, but just literally think about this. A football game is the only thing in American <laughs> television that came close to the moon landing. Yeah. It's the most Which watched. Epic. 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 It's the most watched event in American history. There is no election. There is no funeral. There is nothing that comes close. So when we sit here at 5.15 on a Tuesday speculating, okay, besides a football game, what could it possibly be? And we're saying something live, not something downloaded or viral, because I could think of a few things that no, I would it's watch a be few times over. It's got to be live. Okay. That's, like, we're talking enough. live live events. Yeah, because I don't know of anything over the last few years that have been viral will match the live TV moment. Because live TV means everybody's around a TV watching something. And I gave you TV shows moment. that ended. Those days are dead. Like, we could put that away. There was no television show, as popular as some shows are, that could ever galvanize a nation 
the way Seinfeld did, the way Roots did, the way Cheers did, the way Who Killed JR did, for obviously a variety of reasons. They're all so different. But they got America to say, we're watching. Yeah, because at most, the same time, well, TV shows you can catch whenever you want. Now. Right. That's a part so of it. So ne- you're never going to be sitting there watching it all at the same time. It's aliens. That's going to be. That's, that's the only answer. That's an, um, aliens are a huge draw. That's the only answer. Very good in the demo. You know there's yeah. a pyramid in Area 50, 51? A pyramid? A pyramid. What? Yeah. If they unveil that pyramid, I'll tell you what, 130 million people at least. What if the aliens came down and played a football game against the Chiefs and the aliens (laughs) get Blake Lively, T-Swift, Biden, and Trump? That Uh, would just double the numbers. And then the Chiefs still win. (laughs) Of course they do. And by the way, when you think about that Super Bowl rating, and I believe this as a football fan, this is more of a sports thing than aliens invading or Donald Trump and Kim Kim Jong-un in the the contest, whatever Sean Mm -hmm. said. Jello wrestling. I don't think there's a football game in a situation that's ever going to match what we had two days ago. I think it's over. I think this will go down as the highest-rated Super Bowl um, ever because you had the perfect storm what of— about, What about the World Cup? What about the United States in the World Cup final versus, I don't know, whoever? Argentina. England. England or England. No. Yes. England. No. no, wouldn't do it. You, you get a big rating, by the way. I'm not minimizing it. would not be 130 sure? million people. No, it would yeah. not be. No, you won't get enough Americans. You won't get enough Americans. By the way— I think it's any the World super, Cup. Any, I get you. I get any, you. Non, non-soccer fans watch the World Cup. I'm talking about the United States, and yes. I just don't think you're going to convert. I mean, you had 125 million people watching a football game on Sunday. You think you're going to match that number with a soccer game? Well, what if it happens in 2026? I think it gives you your best shot. It would, it would right? get. What do you think the number would be? 2026 in MetLife Stadium. 50 so, million people. So think think about which the is last, a great rating, but what, not a what Super was the Bowl. Last World Cup, and that was in Qatar. So what was the last World Cup? I don't even remember what the number was. We could find it. In the United States. But the timing was so off. But I'm talking about finding out in the middle of the night. So imagine the United States are playing in MetLife Stadium versus England and whatever primetime window you're talking about. Tiki, I think it's a massive rating. It's not 150 million people. Mm -hmm. The moon landing or the Super Bowl. But the Super Bowl, here's why. And I love the NFL, and I know it's a growing game. You had a dynastic team. You had Patrick Mahomes. You had Taylor Swift. You're never going to match that. It grows every year, though. It, 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 sometimes there's that moment of it can't get any bigger. It can't get Cowboys, any bigger. Cowboys, Jets, man, it can get bigger. Uh, yeah. what, ce- what celebrity are 15 year old girls coming in to watch? In that scenario? Well, yeah. a year ago. Get out of your football bubble okay, for a but, second. But Seriously, pal. But, Taylor Swift added to that rating. So, what celebrity okay, so is hooking up with Aaron Rodgers? I don't think that's not going to be replicated in some capacity. No, it will not be. Right. So, the, it will not be. the incremental increase from last year it was what, 115 a year ago? Mm-hmm. And now it's. Seven million, yeah, and I, I, seven million is not just because of Taylor Swift. I mean, big part of it is. is. Big part of it is. So, I think it's just going to keep growing. It always grows. I disagree. I will make you a side bet on that, a long term bet. I think this is going to be the highest rated Super Bowl we ever have. What if Taylor Swift is the halftime performer? <laughs> oh, well, look, I'm just if, saying. if the Chiefs are there again, and now they're married, or now they're. Their coupleness has become an even bigger deal than it is today. And let's say next year they're facing the Lions. I guess there's a chance for growth. I just think the megastar that Taylor Swift is, the megastar of this story that we had, even the conspiracies that went with it, I don't think you could ever match that again. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see if they, if if the relationship survives anonymity. Tiki, I think she's going to perform next year at halftime now. She's had the chance to pass. She was talking to Roger Goodell. What are they talking about? What if they have the wedding at halftime? (laughs) That would top it. Beyond top it. That would top it. Because you could see her perform anywhere else. You could watch on YouTube. You can go to a concert. 
You can't see her get married. You know what? Look, he's got the answer. If Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey get married halftime next year's Super Bowl, the moon landing's donezo. Mm. Donezo. We'll get back to your calls in a second. 877-337-6666. Evan and Tiki on this fine Tuesday. The snow is tapered off. We survived it. Big snowstorm 2024. Coming up in the next 10 minutes, you will hear a conspiracy that is coming out of the Super Bowl. But it's a conspiracy I promise you, you have not heard of, and you're going to find fascinating. We'll take a listen to that coming up in a few minutes. Knicks do not play tonight, but last night they played. They got hosed by the officials. They got hosed by a head coach that used a challenge when he shouldn't have in the second quarter of the game. And he also ran his players into the ground, including Dante DiVincenzo, who played 40 minutes. And when he got hurt midway through the fourth quarter, had already tallied those 40 minutes. He has played 40-plus minutes in five of his last seven games. He had only played 40-plus minutes once in his NBA career. And it occurred in a double overtime game in which he only took six, seven shots. So it's fair to wonder if the big Ragu's hamstring injury Mm -hmm. from last night has a lot to do with the fact that Tom Thibodeau has basically run him into the ground. Yeah, the question is, how long is he going to be injured and out if he is even out? The good good news is they play tomorrow, and then, of course, they have the All-Star break, so they'll have eight days off. And then when he comes back, does he go back to playing 40 minutes a night? He can't. Well, he can. (laughs) (laughs) Coach can certainly do it. Let's go to Arthur in Tom's River. Hey, Arthur. Hey, guys. First of all, uh, the only only, uh, midday show that you guys have been, or evening show that you guys have have in your uh, windshield at this point is Mike and the Mad Dog, because there's not another show that's been better than you two. That's very kind. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you. Uh, Listen, as far as Thibodeau, I, I've been a huge fan of him, and from the moment the, the Knicks started winning again after the abysmal showing they've been putting forward for for decades, mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to say this, but I think the Jalen Brunson—not uh, Jalen—I'm sorry—the Julius Randall injury yeah. is the one that, if he loses his job at the end of the year, it, it's hard to say it wasn't justified because. Not 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 just because of the minutes. It's they're playing the Heat. It's a statement game. The guys want to beat the Heat and make and just let the the league know. Yeah, they're serious. They're really contenders. And at that moment in time, it was probably the first time in forever the front office actually said to themselves, "We got a legitimate chance to not only." contend for a championship, possibly win it if everything goes right. right. Since that moment, since that injury, it's been back to oh well, you know I, I don't think that I don't think that's fair. I don't think that that moment is what's completely derailed the season. That no. moment is certainly what's going to be really, really important going into the postseason. But they to, need a healthy Julius Randle, but they were playing good basketball even after that. Yeah, but to his point, that moment was where it felt like all right, this Heat team that annoyingly beat us last year and and got to the NBA Finals, it, we're destroying them, and they'll never. Nick fans are never going to forget that that's what Julius Randle got hurt. Mm. Like that game is for whatever whatever it's worth. 
is going to mean something this season. Well, it's going to mean something, especially if Julius doesn't come back. Exactly. Which is on the table. We don't know. I I also think this Thibodeau losing his job thing. Tom Thibodeau is not losing his job. Just like Kyle Shanahan is not losing his job. Right. right? He's not in any danger of losing his job. Now, I can't tell you what's going to happen two, three years from now. I can tell tell you one little thing. It's like a little Evan Roberts long-term prediction. And sometimes I'm really right about them, and sometimes I'm really wrong. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, I made a long-term prediction that Jose Altuve would get to free agency, and Yankee fans would start flirting with him, and maybe you'd sign him. Jose Altuve. That one got wrong because he's already re-signed with the Astros. <laughs> but I'll give you another one, and this one's very, very obvious. Jose Altuve. It's an obvious long-term prediction if you just give a thought. If the Knicks move on from Tom Thibodeau because of a postseason failure or what have you, there is an obvious replacement. Who? And he will be the replacement. And that person, of course. Phil Jackson? No. <laughs> no, it's not Phil Jackson. <laughs> that person, of course, is Jay Wright. Uh, Jay Wright comes uh, home with all his kids and says, I'm here, boys. Let's go. So just put that in your pipe. You could smoke it. And I'll give you an even bigger spoiler alert. If the Knicks get knocked out prior to the conference finals, there will be disappointment in this town from a lot of Knicks fans. Though it won't happen, Knicks fans will start calling this radio station Mm -hmm. suggesting what I just said, which is Thibodeau's got to go, and the only replacement is Jay Wright. Jay Wright's going to be the guy. Jay Wright, Jay Wright, Jay Wright, Jay Wright, Jay Wright, Jay Wright, and Jay Wright. Just watch that. Just keep an eye on that. Jay Wright was genius. He got out of college basketball right at the right time. Perfect time. Perfect time. Now ask yourself this. It wasn't to come to the NBA, by the way. Uh, do you think? Okay, that's my follow-up. I don't think it was to come to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jay Wright? I gotta look up his age, but he doesn't feel that old. I think he's fifty-nine. Is that your guess? That's my guess. I have the answer. Which is- he was born in nineteen sixty-one, so he's actually older than that. Is he? Yeah, he was at Hofstra when I was in like middle school, and I'm so thirty-eight. He's Fifty. Yeah. Sixty-two. Oh, Sixty-two. Wow. I oh, maybe think, he retired at 59. I think that's what it was. I'm still thinking go. of when he retired. I always thought when Jay Wright left Villanova after 2022, he will coach in the NBA. I, see, I he will coach I in the NBA. I didn't think it was the coach in the NBA. I think it was because college basketball was changing. No, no, no. I didn't say he left because he wanted to coach yeah. in the NBA. I said oh, you thought, I thought, you thought he, he would eventually do it. He would eventually say, I've seen Billy Donovan do it. I could do this. And I think he will follow that. Now, will it be the New York Knicks? Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. But that will be a rumor. You guys will all start to become attached to that. Loogie's already intrigued. I saw it in his head. Mm -hmm. As soon as I said Jay Wright, his brain started working. I think it's a great idea by you because of the Nova Knicks. It sort of finishes the puzzle. But I never like college coaches and the pros. It's a different game. I know these are his kids. These are his guys. But it just doesn't translate. And they're, they're very different at this point. So your idea is correct, and there will be people calling this radio station, me at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning, 100%. They're going to get Jay Wright, but I don't like it. I don't think it'll work. Okay. By the way, Tom Thibodeau is not in any danger. He shouldn't be in any danger. But expectations come with a really big thing that we all have to deal with. Kyle Shanahan's dealing with it right now. Once you start winning, once you've changed the culture, once you're good, the bar gets raised. Yeah, you got to win something. you got to win, and once you don't win... There starts to be that unfair, well, we can't win with him. Let's go find someone who can. You know yeah. who I thought you were thinking of? Go ahead. Jeff Van Gundy. Nah, that's that's where on, I thought your brain was nah, going. And by the way, they're the same not, age. He's the same age. As yeah, but Jeff Van Gundy's not based no, on any reality. It's based on uh, longing for the 90s. No, I agree with that. And, and that's, not, that that's not truth. 
Yes, I thought you were going to troll us, but uh, and no. I don't long for that time period. I love it, but I don't long. No, and by the way, I'm not trolling with any of this. I'm giving you a logical, like, if Tom Thibodeau ends up on some hot seat, which he's not, and not, not that he should be, that that's going to be the logical name. And by the way, it is a logical name. Yeah. I've yeah. always been intrigued by Jay Wright as an NBA head coach, because I kind of agree with Lugie that most guys don't translate. I think he would translate. He's, I think he'd be a great NBA coach if he well, wants to. I think he's so smart and acutely aware of, like, relationships and players and how to teach them that he'd figure it out. I'm not saying he would come in and he'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals in year one, but I think he'd figure it out. Like I, I think as a coach, that's almost one of the our hardest things to do is figure out how to do something differently than you did it before. Yeah. And Jay Wright feels like, at least, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he feels like that kind of coach. They would just figure it out. Yeah. Like, it's, not, it's not that like hubris and that I know it's my way. I'm going to do it this way. I feel like he'd learn and understand and adapt. I, You know, it's also funny, and, and I still think about this. Billy Donovan, who I pa- casually mm-hmm. mentioned as a guy who made the transition. Billy Donovan was a great college coach. Florida was a dynasty. Oh, yeah. Back-to-back titles. Yeah. yeah. And when Billy Donovan decided to come to the NBA, and he did, and he joined the Oklahoma City Thunder, I remember being very skeptical like Lugie's always been of, ah, what's he going to be in the NBA? It has now been almost a decade. Yeah, but didn't he? Have and a he's young an NBA team? head coach. Like he is just an NBA head coach now. I'm trying That's to remember, it. like what what was his team when he first came to the NBA? Was it a young team? No, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder as they were emerging into superstardom. Like they made a change to try to have a quick fix. Yeah, but it was because KD. Scott Brooks was their head coach and it just didn't work. And Billy Donovan showed up, and that was a championship-caliber right, team. Like He was, took a really good job. But it was KD? Yeah. KD. It was a year before KD left, if I'm not mistaken. The year before he left? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they, so they were older. So it wasn't it wasn't like he was teaching young kids. But he didn't have James Harden, right? Harden was gone by that gone point. already. Yeah, so it's a different scenario. So no, good. but you got to give him credit. He, he went to the Thunder, though, in, for the 16th season. So it was Durant's last year. So he had the one year of championship expectations, of championship hopes. Right, and they got there quickly, right? They Well, they, they blew it. Right. They blew but, it to the Warriors, I mean, they and got, then Durant left. But they got to where they needed to be. <laughs> well, what's the, where they need to be was the NBA Finals. But you know what I mean. It's they like, were good. They were good teams. Is that your you're, point? You're a rookie yeah. college head coach coming to the NBA, and you take your team to the to the finals, the conference. Conference, finals. right? Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, I guess. No, I, I think then, you're right. And then everything fell apart because Katie. I mean, uh, yeah, Katie. But, but my only point is, like, when you say college coach, and I say Billy Donovan, do we think of him as a college coach anymore, or do we just mm-hmm. say he's the head coach of the Bulls? He's an NBA head coach. That's it. Like he's been around. He's coached in the NBA for like eight years now. Yeah. So it's funny. I don't. I don't even think about him in the NBA anymore. <laughs> well, no, in college you don't think of him anymore because he hasn't been there but since 2015. Think, but, but I'm saying I don't think of him as. Like a top end NBA coach. Well, because he's not. Yeah, that's, what, that's what he's I not mean. a top end NBA coach. No, Brad Stevens was pretty good, but most guys the track record is is not good. And right. you know a few of you, uh, coach your team. Yeah, I'm a well aware. Okay, boy, I'm, PJ. I don't want to bring up John Calipari or PJ. Oh, I get you. Okay. Uh, John Calipari was a disaster. No, I get you. I, I just think that Jay Wright would want to do it at some point, and he's going to be the logical name everybody brings up. That's all. Let's go to Max and Nyack. Hey, Max. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, listen, I got to tell you right now. Go ahead. Tiki. What's up? A lot of memories, man. And, and Evan, thanks for taking a call from a 62-year-old guy. Nice. Well, we don't we don't discriminate, so. I, I heard you before. Like, you're like, oh, I showed up my driveway. I had you on my headphones. I told uh, <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> it's like, 
you're 60 years old, don't call the show. I never <laughs> said that. I didn't say a 60-year-old well, I mean, shouldn't call a show. When did I say that? Well, you said like he know, was knocking your argument. He was knocking your anticipated argument. Yeah, to prove, I, to prove him wrong. That's what I was doing. Yeah, prove so, him wrong. It was some kind of argument rip, not age rip. But go ahead, if that's what it was. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I've been holding on. I, I, I've been listening to the show. I just love it. Again, Teek, thanks for the memories, man. I just appreciate I love you, dude. Thank you, dude. Times, man. And uh, you know, with 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 Tibbs. With Tibbs, yeah, man, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and, I'm, and you know I'm an older guy. Yeah, I, we, we all we all at our age have to understand that there is load management. I tell my friends the same thing. What you're saying, Evan, I agree. You got you got to put these guys on the bench once in a while. I mean, I love old school basketball. Yeah, play 42 minutes, 38 minutes, like like Ewing played every game, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. but. These days it's different, right? But you know what? But but you know what's funny about that, Max? I don't even want to phrase it, and thanks for the call, man, as loge management. I phrase it as the Knicks have a role player in Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, who normally throughout his end career, NBA career plays 20 minutes a night, 23 mm-hmm. minutes a night. And lately he's played so well, and the Knicks have been so riddled by injuries that this role player is now playing an absurd amount of minutes he's not used to. And you need him. And because he's playing so well, and you need him because of these injuries, right. he's playing an amount of minutes he's never done in his career over a short period of time. So that's not load management. Load management is, I got this great player, and I want to kind of, before anything happens, rest him because I'm predicting the future. No, I've got a player, Tiki, yeah. that never plays these kind of minutes, and all of a sudden, in his fifth year in the NBA, yep. He's playing an enormous amount of minutes, so I just reject the phrasing that this is some kind of load management yeah. in modern NBA thing when it's more being smart with a player who you're asking to do something that he's never done in his yeah, NBA so, career. So we we have to be fair here because Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, he's earned the right to be on the court, especially in critical moments. And Yes, it's a crappy circumstance for the New York Knicks because they are banged up. They're beat up everywhere. And scoring is not just at the ready. It's not just there if Dante DiVincenzo or Jalen Brunson are not playing. So he's earned it, and he kind of has to do it. But at the same time, the ramp up to go from 23 minutes a game or 24 and a half minutes a game to 40 in that short a time is taxing, right? It just wears on you. And I know this from experience. When you get hamstring, soft tissue inju- injuries like that, and it's because you're running up and down the court, you're you're changing directions, you're you're stepping back, you're you're doing all these forward and sideways and lateral movements. Eventually, you get wear, and you need rest. Yeah. And he just didn't have it in this short little time frame, and it was awesome because he was dominating. But it, like, there's a process to get there. It was like he. It was like he. he it was like he was being put in a position to be the, the, the load bearer when his body's not built to carry that load yet. And that's ultimately why he got hurt. Now, I hope it's nothing serious and it's just something minor, like Debo Samuel in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He goes down, he's grabbing his hamstrings. Like, oh, well, that's, that's the end of it. He's back in like three plays. Right. So maybe it's not a big deal. But if it is, this next team's in trouble. And it's not, it, it's, it's, it's not really blame to go around, but it's really Tom Thibodeau for not recognizing that you can't ramp a kid up that quickly. Here's all you need to know. Very simple fact. Dante DiVincenzo has played 327 games in his NBA career. 327. Mm -hmm. He has played five games. uh, I'm sorry, six games in his NBA career where he's played 40 or more minutes. 
Five of them have come in the last two weeks. Keep that in mind. 327 games, six of them in which he's played more than 40 minutes, five of the six have come in the last two weeks. That's what's happened with the big ragu. Chris and Ron Konkama. Hey, Chris. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like full whole season. Yeah. Evan, I was calling about, you know, the moon landing. That was on every channel. So that those ratings was every channel. Oh, so, that's a good you know, qualification, you know, you know, Chris. Right? Right, so the Super Bowl, it was just on, like, was on Nickelodeon, they're counting, too. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, but, but, and another thing, I, I think if uh, Travis and, and, and what you would call Taylor. got married, Taylor yeah. Swift, that would be an amazing event on TV. But it's got to happen in, like, Lugie's right, it has to happen in conjunction with football. Like, if they just had a wedding, are we real, really all watching it? No. No, it's going to be half. You have yeah. to converge the football right. fan and the entertainment right. fan. Now, to his point about the moon landing being on every channel, so is a presidential election. And that doesn't sniff these numbers. Yeah, true. And we all act like, oh, the election, oh, my God, it's taking so much attention away. Meanwhile, on election night, as glued to it as I am, with my six TVs and my U.S. maps out there, like, it still doesn't rival the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, what I, could uh, rival it? And the answer yeah. is aliens. That's the only thing. It's a live news report that there are, are extraterrestrials. That's being. it? That's the only thing that would do you it. You agree with me? I, I do. And the elections, like, I think the reason that the coverage doesn't explode, even though we're all heavily vested in it, because we've all voted, or at least we hopefully we've all voted. No, we all didn't is vote. It, That's is it, sure. is what you watch is so biased, right? The conversation around the, Olymp- the election is biased one way or another. It doesn't matter. Right. And so eventually you just get tired of hearing, I, I don't know, the negativity, the contradictions, the, there, there is no consensus. Whereas when you're watching a sport or even the moon landing, you're, you're, you're observing action that's happening, not people's opinion about something that potentially is happening. No, I get you. That's the problem with election coverage. In the last election, 2020, in which none of us are leaving our homes, 56 million people watched it. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Over 11, uh, 21 different networks, okay? So you got all the networks, add it all up. Everyone's got the election on. 2020, right? In which our... Um, you couldn't the, leave the, your house. You couldn't leave the house. And you talked about everybody voting. The highest turnout rate we've had in my lifetime by a lot was 2020. Wasn't even close. Right? The That's turnout was, was a ton of absentee, right? Right. Well, whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. The turnout rate, I think, was over 70%, which is not even normal mm-hmm. in terms of American elections. And 57 million people watched it. That's half <laughs> of what watched the Super Bowl on Sunday. Half. Yeah. That's less than half. Uh, yes, less than half. Like, so think about that. So we live in a world now, and I get why. Where there's a million different channels, there's no TV show that would bring us all together, there isn't even an election we're all going to watch. So what could possibly be on television, live, that would make us all watch TV at the same time Mm -hmm. that's not the Super Bowl? Like, it is an impossible answer outside of aliens. aliens. Or, or, like I said, no, like I said... Travis and Taylor get married at halftime, and then on Peacock, you get to watch the honeymoon. That's the uh-huh. Super Bowl, premium though. package. Yeah, but no one's watching Peacock and the honeymoon. Way, do you Why think, not? Do you Only think... you sick freak is watching what that. Are you Only me? Yes. You watch it ten times, and you know it. <laughs> Maybe three times. I know, I know you're joking about the Travis and Kelsey marriage at halftime. That would be a jumping the shark moment. Really? That, that might backfire. No. Yeah, no, I think it's It's right. a royal wedding. Like, <laughs> no, nah, uh... nah, I think it would backfire because it's so absurd. <laughs> just, just, the, just the why? 
the, the cons, the, like the thought that we're going to watch at halftime a player who's in the game <laughs> getting married to a global megastar is absurdity. But, Teague, you played. What did you do at halftime? You took a whiz. What the hell were you doing? Right. I am definitely not getting married. <laughs> the the NBA package has this weird thing. Trust me, this will this will make sense. Like, <laughs> what, NBA what? package. The NBA package has this really cool feature where if you watch a game on the NBA package, they'll show you what happens inside the arenas. They won't show you commercials. Yeah. So it's really really cool. It makes you feel like you're in the arena. So last year, I don't know the game I was watching. It wasn't even a net game. I was watching a random NBA game. And halftime comes up, and usually it's, you know, your typical weird self. Right. Dunking, it's a, like the, the the trampoline dunking stuff. Yeah, like, all oh, that crazy. Maybe stuff. kids playing basketball, right. trampoline dunking, maybe a performer, a magic show, an artist painting something. Lots of weird stuff. And one time, it was a wedding. What? And I swear to God, it was a wedding <laughs> one time. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And I got to tell you, after about 30 seconds, I was bored to senseless. I yeah. was surprised that this was occurring. I kept thinking to myself, who would agree to this? Yeah. The wedding, like, you've been to weddings. Like, what are we watching? Are we watching the ceremony? We're watching, like, what are we What are we doing? Yeah, but this isn't my cousin Marie. This is Taylor Swift and know, Travis Kelsey. I don't care what wedding you're at. The ceremony is boring. Yeah. <laughs> it is just See, boring. what you're forgetting <laughs> is while that adds to it, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, one of our former great FAN stars, big time at ESPN and Sirius now, Christopher Russo is one of the many typical sports fans who was turned off by the Taylor Swift stuff. Peacock, enough. enough. I've had enough of this. If that kind of stuff happens, he's shutting it off. Yeah, but for every he's one Mad Dog, there's 40 Mad Dog's wives that would want to watch They're Taylor Swift get married. already watching the Super Bowl, hence why they got to 123 million people. Yeah. You need to find a way to have everybody want to watch. Like, the Super Bowl on Sunday pulled that off in a miraculous way. That's why when we sit here today and say, okay, what event could match that? I'm not joking. Like, you think I'm being a jerk. It's only aliens. There's nothing else. Let me tell you something, though. For all the Swifties that you are accounting for that watched that game, mm -hmm. there are millions upon millions that weren't even interested one bit. And if you have Taylor get married at halftime, you get the right MC in there to perform that ceremony. <laughs> Maybe you have Jagged Edge play her to the, oh, to the middle of the field. Maybe. At the altar in your <laughs> oh, see? Now we're talking ratings, baby. So let me get this straight. The only thing that could match the moon landing or the Super Bowl is take yesterday or two days ago Super Bowl and just put it on steroids. That's all you got. That's it. Hey, you're mm -hmm. taking the game and saying, right. let's just add a wedding to it. You already have a massive built-in audience. <laughs> and you add to it, like Zeus said, by having them have Jagged Edge sing them out. Well, like, what would be the only thing that could hit more home runs than Mark McGuire? Mark McGuire on steroids. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, well Speaking of A-Rod, uh, uh, let's go to Ed on Coney Island. What's up, Ed? I think I might have something that could beat the Super Bowl. Go ahead. Yeah. I think if the government released an unedited, unexpurgated tape of the SEAL Team 6 mission that killed Osama bin Laden. Oh. That's a good one. Mm. That's a good one. You I, know, think it's, I think it's a little morbid. Yeah. Like you get it, like you're not gonna have you're never watching that with your kids. Yeah, I think you're right. You've eliminated too much of the audience. Yeah, you've eliminated too much of the too audience. Many parents will be like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want you to see this. Like, think about this: the reason why the Super Bowl and the moon landing are the two most watched events in American history is that everybody could watch it. Yeah, and everybody was going to watch it. So you don't want to have something. By the way, I mean it's a great. I, I give him credit. Yeah, because this is not an easy game to play. 
Like, seriously, we're talking about the moon landing and a Super Bowl as the two most watched events in American history. Even a polarizing election couldn't get half of the people watching. So we're talking about an uphill battle, and we all agree there's nothing on live TV anymore that could come close outside of said Super Bowl. Zoo had a good point in the break. Like, we have aliens or somewhere, right? So we take— They're not aliens. They are. So you have 10 Haven't you seen that in black? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You throw them in the wild, and then you have, like, a dog, the bounty hunter. He goes out, and he kills all of them. So now a video game comes to life. Yeah, you didn't listen to Tiki's point about the kids. The kids are now—I'm not letting my kid watch that. Yes. We're gonna kill aliens. It's gotta be be wholesome. Yeah. If it's not, if it, I mean, not the the NFL. It's wholesome. Newsflash behind your back with the kids at school. They're watching unwholesome. Yeah, but we're not gonna want them to. We're not gonna have people over to watch it. Sit there. Have you ever watched like an like an R rated with like nudity and stuff? Several times. Yeah. With your mom. No. Exactly. No, no, yeah, now all no. of a sudden he's uncomfortable. Exactly. He's got a lot to say. I wouldn't want to watch the Bridges of Madison County with my mom. Right. That, that's what I'm talking about. Look, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand it. Like, the only way you can get to 200 million people or 150 million people is you got to include the kids and the adults. You have to have everybody wanting to watch something. Goodbye, SNY. There's nothing on SNY that could do it. We can't do it. There's no Met game that could do it. There's no sporting event that could do it other than the Super Bowl. Like, it's got to be something that's so ridiculous. And, yeah, first contact. That's it. First contact. That's, I mean, that's, the, that's the answer. I've come to the conclusion. Now, Evan. <laughs> what? Have, have you ever seen the show Black Mirror? I have seen Black Mirror. Very good show. Now, yeah. what if we have a situation like the uh, the first episode of that show? Now, oh, my then- God. So the first episode, for that, those that didn't see it, I, I want to get this right, is that the president of England, not the president of England, the prime minister of England was forced and it was very, very dark on why he was forced to do this, but was forced to have relations with a pig on national TV. What? I'm not kidding you. That was the episode. The whole that, country went to the bars. Everybody. Well, it, uh, yeah. It, it's so screwed up. Like, I, oink, oink, oink. Wee, wee. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> that episode was so bleeped right. up. Right. But what's your point? Like that would that match would, the Super Bowl. Would, I mean, I mean, listen. Now you're not getting people to sit there for 30 minutes to watch that. But Jimmy, you're gonna get you're gonna get 200 million people tuning that, in at some no, point. That no, makes not. no sense. No, you're not. 200. You're not, I, I, not you're happening. telling me Joe Biden? <laughs> well, don't do that. No. By the way, no, because I think there's a big part of the audience would be like, I'm not watching that. No, there's a perverse interest in this country. That's why people slow down when they see a car crash. I didn't say there isn't a perverse interest. I said that you're not getting, think about it, to get 150 million people to watch. That means you got half the population that's going to watch it. You're not getting half the population to watch the prime minister do it with a pig. But what about the president of the U.S.? Well, you know what I'm saying. I just Give me want, the meat. I want the meat. I don't want to use our presidents, whether of past or now or future, as an example. I'd rather stick I'm with I'm coming the, for that ass. I'd rather <laughs> stick with the prime minister. It just makes me feel better, okay? So oink, for the, oink. For the, <laughs> In your face? We work with a bunch of sick people, I'm T. telling you, man. Very, very sick. I'll give him some of my meat. All right, stop. We are live from okay, the Okay, you got me. Give me that sausage. We are live from the Town Fair Tire Studios, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right, right now, we got to play this conspiracy theory. Go ahead. Pull up the audio, Loogie. This conspiracy theory, because we've heard so many about the Super Bowl, so many crazy ones. I had not heard this one until Brandon Marshall. Remember Don't, Brandon Marshall? Yes, I do. Brandon Marshall, former Jet, revealed this conspiracy theory on his podcast. 
Take a listen. Kanye West buys a ticket right in front of Katy Perry's booth. So anytime they were going to be showing Katy Perry, Kanye's face was going to be there. Did you say in front of Taylor's booth or in front of Taylor, Katy Perry's booth? <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, my In front of Taylor Swift's booth. Oh. He had a, a mask on with his logo on a mask, mm -hmm. right? Typical Kanye. Taylor Swift gets pissed off. She, boom, boom, makes a call or two. Everybody's involved. He gets kicked out the stadium. Oh. This is hot. Kanye, Kanye, hot tea, hot tea, hot tea, hot tea, hot tea. Oh. Hot tea, hot tea. Okay. Got kicked out the stadium. He was trying to leverage her celebrity right. to... Because he right. knows they're not going to cut to him. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm going to strategically position myself. So every time they cut over here to her... So think about that. Now, mm -hmm. he screwed up with the Katy Perry stuff. But Brandon Marshall is accusing Kanye West of buying tickets right in front of Taylor Swift's... How would he even know? Sweet. How would Brandon Marshall know? No. How would Kanye know what sweet she's going to Maybe be? Maybe someone tipped him off, like, this is where she's going to be. Really? He buys the tickets. Kanye is all excited because now he's going to promote himself every time they show Taylor Swift. We all know about their history, the rivalry, yeah. if you want to call it that. And Tay-Tay finds out about it. Puts a kibosh on it, and according to Brandon Marshall, they kick Kanye West out of the Super Bowl. He can't be there. So that's the conspiracy theory. I'm just delivering what he said. That sounds like a that sounds like a reach of a conspiracy. So you don't believe? It? No. Can you call up someone in the league to try to confirm this? I'm just reading the news on this right now. <laughs> Taylor Swift got Kanye West kicked out of the Super Bowl. But that's just what that's just Brandon Marshall <laughs> saying it. There's no way Kanye West is too loud for that not to be true. I you think he would? Me. You think he would have already come out and said something? Yeah. Of course. And yeah. we would, somebody, like, we would have know about this. Of course, he wouldn't call Brandon Marshall. And be like, you got to leak this on your podcast, bro. We, he would make the biggest stink in the world if this was true. Yeah, we haven't heard Kanye West say anything. So and if it, this happened, he would have been pissed. So we all agree this is a fake conspiracy from Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I mean, why would he make that? Up? I don't know. <laughs> That's a weird thing to make up. Because so we would talk about it. Now we're talking about it. Yeah, he got us. He got me hook, line, and sinker. Well, because I thought it was so absurd, but also so smart. If that what if that's what his plan was, yeah. Like, hey, I got a great idea. I'm gonna photo bomb Taylor Swift every time they show her, you and then I'll automatically get attention. Yeah, you would think that this is easily like under like you could find out whether or not substantiated. Yeah, like but this, when you're Kanye, you've got sources to tell you where Taylor's going to sit. No no, 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 no. I mean, the fact that he got kicked out. Like, oh. this, would, this should be easily There would have been phone video of him cursing out security, walking out of... Somebody would have filmed that happening. By the way, Sean, where the hell have you been in the last 45 minutes? I've been here. Every time I yelled to Loogie, he's, he's on the microphone. Oh, so Loogie uh, blocked you, basically. Yeah. What, you just... think I left? I, I didn't know you were around. I thought, we're talking about, hey, what event could actually beat the moon landing yeah, or the dude. Super Bowl? And you didn't say a damn peep for 45 minutes. What are you talking about? I gave you Kim Jong-un uh, wrestling uh, Donald Trump. Oh, that was your... Yeah, what do you say now, you fat ass? That was and, your terrible idea. And I gave you the morbid death in primetime funeral. Yes, I was shouting out ideas here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they were so bad I forgot about them. Oh, screw you! You know what? <laughs> uh, all right, so tonight you have a Valentine's Day dance with your daughter? Uh, yes, I've just been sent pictures, a lovely red dress, and she's curled her hair. Very, very excited. Now, that's so, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I'm it's glad that you're able to do that. That's the beauty of being able to do a show at home every once in a while, well, that you can I still have these I... awesome events with your kids. Yes, By I the way, Kanye you. was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Where was he sitting? I don't know, but he was in all black, and he had that... Thing over his face. That the was mask. the year before. That was the year before. This was the year before. Yeah, remember where everybody mocked him that he couldn't see through it? Uh, but he, he didn't do it again. So uh, this, so did, this article that I'm reading is just is. It's well, what's fake the news. date? What's the article? 
this is a Daily Mail article. It's, a, it's right now. Ah, Daily Mail never gets it wrong, by the way. They have a 97% wow. accuracy right, rate. This is from today. No, no, wait a minute. Well, maybe he did. Uh, the night before the Super Bowl, though, Kanye West was performing on Long Island. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like the story checks out. No, it doesn't. Oh, by the way, Sean, real quick before you take your daughter to that awesome dance, and I want your opinion because you're the person I care about on this uh-huh. more than me, more than anybody. Last year, bless you, Tiggy. Last year, famously at Yankee Stadium, you went there to boo Carlos Redon. We all I remember did. that epic moment in WFN history when you went up there, you got to Yankee Stadium, Carlos Redon was about to pitch against the New York Mets. And Sean was ready to send a message to that mustached Radon. Kiss my fat ass! That was him. That was Sean actually at Yankee Stadium. Well, Carlos has come hat in hand. Yep. He's lost some LBs. He has gotten rid of, as he says it, the bad juju mustache. And now, do you believe in him, Sean? I do. Wow. I'm all in on Carlos Rodon this year. Wow. I love that he's had the right attitude. He has heard our calls, my entire nation underneath me. Kiss my fat ass! He's not going to blow kisses at fans, you know, yelling at him this year. Hmm. He's also, I'm assuming, going to be healthy for opening day. I am giddy for Carlos Rodon this year. How about that? So he won you over. The beauty of spring training is that everybody's in the best shape of their life and everybody's going to have that best season. And sometimes you believe it and sometimes you don't. I admit it. There are going to be stories that come out over the next few weeks which I'm going to be like, yeah, Mark Vientos is going to be a Hall of Famer. And then there are going to be stories where I'm like, give me a break. Starling Marte is going to have a groin issue by May. But for you, you believe in Carlos Redon. And this is why I really believe in him. Doesn't it shock you? That baseball players come to spring training the best shape of their year of their life, knowing that they're coming off football season. What? What does that even mean? What, what is that mean? talking about? Well, because you would think baseball season ends, these guys get in front of the couch on Sundays, the nachos, the wings, the beers. Right. You would think that's the worst possible time. Like February, this week right now, off of the Super Bowl ending, is the every guy's worst shape of their life usually. That's true, but we're also not professional baseball players. Yeah, but you don't think the baseball players watch football and eat nachos and drink beers? Like, now's the time to start getting it. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.